Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. Engines primed, engage! Hey, hey, this is Alexandria. I'm Jane Smith. And I'm Douglas Gale. And I will be bringing you Space News, Star Trek, Duck Space Nine, Firefly, Black Mirror, and probably superhero stuff. Dystopian fiction! Who's excited? I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space Nerds! What's up, Space Nerds? Welcome to the show. We have another amazing, super fun, very long, very nerdy podcast for you today. Doug and I are going to be talking about year five of the CW Arrowverse, including Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. It's a massive TV watching project that I am really enjoying. I mean, I don't think I've ever sat down to watch this much TV at once altogether for a, for a podcasting project, and I love it. It's so fun. So we're going to be talking about that on today's episode. And before that, Jane is going to be join, joining us for the Space News. This is the first time we've got Jane on the Space News. I'm very excited about it. And she wanted to talk about Beetlejuice, a very famous star in our sky that has dimmed significantly in the recent months, which has scientists thinking that this star might go supernova. So we're going to talk about what that could mean and what it would look like from Earth if a star in our sky went supernova. Before we get to that, there was a new comment on the last episode of the podcast from Chris Healy asking if I had seen this Star Wars test footage that just came out this week. So this is a really crazy thing, and I'll put a link to this in the description down below, uh, the link that Chris shared on, on the website. So basically, there was this Star Wars show that George Lucas announced way back when. He was working on it around 2005-ish. Um, right after episode three came out, George Lucas said, I'm making a live-action Star Wars TV show, and it's going to be something that takes place in the underworld of Star Wars. And this footage that came out is actually called Star Wars Underworld. I guess that was the name of the show. And no one ever saw anything from this show. It never materialized until like this week. So we finally got to take a look at some test footage and see what this show might have looked like. So yes, I took a look at this and it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's really just so weird to think about the fact that George Lucas was working on another Star Wars show that we'll just never see, was never made. And the rumor was that he had written about 100 scripts for this show, and he wanted to make like 400 episodes total. Um, so, yes, Chris, I did take a look at the footage, and first of all, I don't really like it. <laughs> I don't like it that much. And I'm kind of glad that this show went away. I mean, the I think I'm in the minority on this. It seems like a lot of the reaction that I've seen to this footage online is excited. People seem to really like it. Um, people are like, getting this, you know, prequels nostalgia and being like, wow, it looks like so cool. It looked like it was going to be really interesting. But I never really liked the way the prequels looked. And the, although there are moments in each of the prequel movies that I like, I generally don't really like those films that much. Um, and I don't like this whole idea of Star Wars being filmed on a green screen where there's almost nothing real and then everything is kind of put in there by, you know, digital artistry. And you know, digital artistry is amazing and it can do so much. But when I go to see a movie, I really want them to build stuff. Like, like if, if you're making Star Wars, I want you to make the world so that people can inhabit the world. It just makes it feel more real to me. Like when you watch The Empire Strikes Back, they built Dagobah, like they built an entire swamp and it was a bitch to shoot in and everyone was miserable on set. But when you watch that movie, Dagobah looks real. I mean, it's, it's really incredible when you compare it to something like... Uh, 
what's an example? Uh, what's that planet called in Attack of the Clones where they have the big battle at the end and there's like all those bugs like flapping their arms around and C-3PO and R2-D2 are like on this conveyor belt and it's just so stupid. What is that planet called? Geonosis. I actually looked it up and then edited out the me looking it up. So <laughs> I cheated. But yeah, Geonosis, like that droid foundry looks so fake. And I just don't want that for my Star Wars. I want the Mandalorian. I want something that looks real uh, and feels real, feels gritty, feels like the original trilogy. I don't want something that feels like the prequels. And the test footage that we saw from uh, from Star Wars Underworld really looks like the prequels. So not really my thing, not my bag, I, not the show that I would have wanted. And I'm kind of relieved in a way that that show never came to fruition. And I I did a little bit of reading about this after um, seeing Chris comment. And I saw that they were working on a script. Like there was a rumor that there was a script where they were going to go back in time and kill Darth Vader before he was born. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not what I want from Star Wars. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of glad that that went away. And when you, especially when you think about the Mandalorian, like the Mandalorian... I love so much. I feel like a kid. I'm so stoked on Star Wars again. And now that Ricard's out, I'm so stoked on Star Trek. I don't even know what to do with myself. I mean, I haven't even watched the new season of The Expanse, and there's going to be a new season of Altered Carbon, and I haven't even watched the new season of Lost in Space. It's like, fuck, we are living in this sci-fi renaissance right now. And this footage reminded me of, like, the 90s, you know? This reminded me, it reminded me of, like, Babylon 5, because all the acting was really bad. <laughs> Uh, and there are, I mean, no offense to Andreas Katsoulis and uh, Peter Jurassic. I mean, there are some really great actors on Babylon 5, but the background actors in general, like the background acting is usually pretty bad. And it's like kind of part of that show. Um, and just, I mean, this was obviously just test footage. I don't even know who these actors were, but the acting was just like really bad. And <laughs> and now And now we're just nitpicking, but hey, why the fuck not? There was like stormtroopers from the original trilogy like in the clone wars we have you know clone troopers who look slightly different than stormtroopers and then in the new trilogy seven eight nine there's even a further redesign of the stormtroopers so anyway it was like original series stormtroopers episodes four five and six stormtroopers on coruscant which we've only seen in the prequels and it was a very prequel style production where it's all on green screen so it's like the original stormtroopers that i have all this fondness for on like a prequel style footage that I don't have fondness for. And I'm like, I, I would have hated this show. I think I really wouldn't have liked it. I think it would have pissed me the fuck off. So yeah. So interesting. I didn't really like it. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. You can always tweet at me at space nerd, Jesse, or leave us a comment on the website. I love seeing comments on the website. It really makes me happy. JesseMercury.com. Every single episode of this show is up on that website for you to comment on. Before we get into the space news today, I do want to remind you that we have a new Space Nerds Patreon at patreon.com slash space nerds podcast, and I need your help to offset the cost of web hosting for this podcast. It's only 15 bucks a month, but I need your help. <laughs> so we've got this new Patreon campaign and a new premium podcast, all this stuff for you to check out at patreon.com slash space nerds podcast, and I hope you'll check it out and maybe even sign up to support this podcast. It would mean a lot to me and the rest of 
the space nerds. Okay, let's get into the space news. Space news! All right, Jesse, are you ready for some space news? I'm so ready. All right. Oh, this is great. So this is uh, <laughs> this is legit space news. Um, people out there, you may have heard about Betelgeuse. If you don't know about this star, it is a red giant in the constellation of Orion, which yes. is one of the easiest to find up in the sky. You find the belt, the three stars that are mostly in a line. And then uh, Betelgeuse is the noticeably reddish one mm-hmm. that forms the shoulder of this dude. Um, it's been hit in space news a lot recently because it's dimmed significantly. Right. It used to be one of the brightest stars in the sky, like in the top 10. And now it's like 25. Yeah. It's gone down noticeably. Now there's some dissension amongst scientists because like, obviously there's not enough facts yet they're just there's there could be a, various reasons why it's doing this it has dimmed before and then it comes back but mm-hmm. not like this this is crazy like noticeable to the naked eye you can almost almost not see it in certain places now right and um, isn't isn't the thought that like is this the precursor to a supernova? Yeah. That's an older star, which means that it might be about to explode and die. Right. Which it, would be insane. Cosmic terms, it's about ready to pop. Yeah. But Ugh. for humans, that means probably within the next like 200, 300,000 years. Right. Most likely. So like, right. it's unlikely that we're going to see anything. So a lot of astronomers out there are being very conservative and they're like, no, seriously, it's nothing. It'll be fine. We're not going to see a supernova. Just it's a false alarm. It's nothing. Stars dim all the time. It's going to come back. But at the same time, they are also like peeking through their telescopes every few hours. Like, <laughs> what's going on with Did Beetlejuice? Did it explode yet? <laughs> what's going on? Okay, so when it does go kablooey, which could happen next year or tens of thousands of years from now, it's going to be about as bright as the full moon and visible even during the daytime. Wow. It's been a very long time since we've had a supernova visible during the day but it is documented in a lot of medieval art um people thought that there were like oh interesting like demon omens from comets and supernova and really it was just science (laughs) wow so okay so it's possible that beetlejuice could go supernova Mm -hmm. anytime between tomorrow and hundreds of years from now but if it did happen it would just be like burning in the sky during the day yeah, well, I mean, if it did explode, it's about 600 light years from us, I believe. Okay. If it did explode, it's already happened. Right, like, because, the, it, because takes it takes 600 light. years yeah, for, for, for light us to, to see actually it. get here. Yeah. So if it happened, it happened, you know, roughly 600 years ago. Wow. If we're about to see it in our lifetimes. Amazing. But um, yeah, it will be so bright because it's fairly close enough to us that it will be visible while the sun is out. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. That's something that I would love to see during my lifetime. I know. But That'd be the, amazing. At the same time, I would feel this huge sense of loss that Beetlejuice is yeah. gone. Because Beetlejuice is one of the only... It, it, actually, I take that back. It might be the only star that I can pick out mm-hmm. and name in right. the sky. Because it's, it's a very recognizable and very easy to locate constellation. Everybody yeah. can find Orion's belt. Right. You know, it's like the Big Dipper and Orion. People in like Cassiopeia. Right. People are like, oh yeah, I know those ones. And we all know the galaxy is on Orion's belt. Oh we've yeah, watched Men thanks, in Black. thanks Men in Black. <laughs> um, and yeah, in the movie they thought that you were talking about the constellation, but right. they were actually talking about... Right, the cat, the cat. named Orion. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just... 
I, this is one of those things where it's just like so interesting, but like mm-hmm. we never know if we'll see it during our lifetimes. And also like, do we, w- would we want to lose Beetlejuice? Like w- would that make you sad? Would it be a bummer to have this famous constellation be changed? Well, yeah, it will. There's no coming back from that. I mean, right. it, and it would be a supernova for years. So, oh, really? Prop, well, likely, but like it, it would not ever look the same again in our lifetime. Wow. So that's incredible. Yeah, we changed the whole sky as we know it. Yeah, and I guess now we're just waiting to see what happens next. At least in the nor- northern hemisphere, I guess. But so this one is from Discover Magazine by Erica K. Carlson. It was uh, posted December twenty seventh. So it says, as Beetlejuice dims dramatically, astronomers scratch their heads. One of the night sky's brightest stars is now the faintest that's been in a century. Astronomers aren't sure what it means. Over the next few years... Oh, I can read. Over the last few weeks, Beetlejuice, the bright reddish star in the constellation Orion, has dimmed to the faintest it's been in a century. Astronomers have been buzzing with excitement about the event, discussing the star over social media and speculating about what might be going on. The big question on everyone's mind is whether the star is about to go supernova and explode. It's probably not what's about to happen, astronomers say, but they're still excited to be witnessing behavior they've never seen from Beetlejuice before. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot that astronomers still don't know about the variable behavior of supergiant stars like Beetlejuice, so any strange activity is a chance to learn more about the lives of stars. A fading supergiant. For over a century, astronomers have watched Beetlejuice brighten and dim and again and again. Beetlejuice is a red supergiant a star late in its life that has expanded to an enormous size. Bubbles of material rise from inside the star to its surface and sink back down, changing the mix of hotter and cooler stuff on the star's surface. Wait, interesting. Wait. Bubbles of materials rise to the surface, and that's what changed. So yeah, when we see like a like- lava lamp, kind of, so like <laughs> things are like moving around due to different temperatures, yeah. and so a lot of times when it dims, it's because like cooler stuff has come up. And then interesting. And then so there's a possibility that is there a possibility that this is just like a natural? Well, yeah, it thing? definitely it's it's a variable star because it's it's fluctuated in brightness before, right? But this is the dimmest it's been in over a century. Okay. It's never been this dim that, that we've been watching with, like, modern uh, instruments. Is Okay. So there's a, there's a chance that this is the dimmest that it's ever been as as long as, as humans have been looking at the sky. But we don't... Well... Do we know that for sure? Uh, Well, hang on. I mean, not, like, since we've been looking at the sky. Because that's okay. been, you know, tens of thousands of years. And it's been recognizable for a very, very long time. But... Um, since we've been paying attention in the last century, this is the, the dimmest it's been. Okay, wow, that's interesting. Uh, bu- bu- bu. So for about 25 years, Richard Wasatonic, an astronomer at Villanova University, has measured the brightness of Betelgeuse with a 10-inch diameter telescope in his backyard. He's worked with another Villanova astronomer named Edward Guinan? Guinan? Oh, sorry, sorry, Edward. <laughs> let's, let's go Guinan because Guinan. it makes me happier. Sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, as well as an amateur astronomer astronomer named thomas calderwood in october they noticed that beetlejuice was getting fainter again by december they realized that beetlejuice had gotten fainter than it had in the past 25 years and put out a post on a site known as the astronomer's telegram to alert other astronomers it kept getting fainter guinan said every night it was fainter than the previous night and i said well it has to stop soon and it hasn't on december 23rd they posted an update Beetlejuice has gotten fainter still, and it was now the faintest it has been in the last century or so, for as long as astronomers have been able to measure its brightness with detectors rather than judging by eye. Hmm. At its brightest, Beetlejuice is usually one of the six or seven brightest stars visible to humans in the night sky. By mid-December, it had dropped several places on that list to 21st brightest. Wow. 
So it's significant. Yeah. Um, the unusual dimming episode has made some astronomers wonder whether Beetlejuice is about to go supernova. Life on Earth would be fine if Beetlejuice did explode. Yeah. So it's not going to be like um, like any of those sci-fi movies you see where our sun explodes. That would yeah. definitely end all life on yeah. Earth. But yeah. this one is far enough away that it would just be pretty. You're like six or 700 light years away. The shock yeah, yeah. wave is not hitting yeah, us yeah. here. It's, it's not going to like blow off our atmosphere or like give everyone cancer. It's just yeah. going to be like, ooh, pretty in yeah. the sky. <laughs> um. Okay, so based on its mass, astronomers estimate that the supergiant will go supernova when it's roughly 9 million years old. So it is fairly young for a star, but the life cycle that it has, it just, it blew up um, to a red supergiant pretty, pretty fast. Oh, interesting. Uh, Do you know how old it is as a star? Or do we have like an estimate of that? um, It's probably between 8 and 9 million years old now. Okay. So when it gets roughly nine, they think things are going to be unstable enough where it's probably going to go. And we don't. We could be a million years away from a supernova. We could. It's. We don't know its exact age. Yeah. We don't know exactly. Or we could be watching it happening composed. right now. It could oh, happen that's tomorrow. So fascinating. It could happen yeah. tonight. Like we don't know, but it's yeah. acting weird enough, and it's gotten so dim, so dramatically f- fast and recent that yeah. astronomers are really looking at it right now. Like that's so cool. Well, let's let's take all the data. Um, so astronomers have recently estimated that Beetlejuice might be due for a supernova in about a hundred thousand years or so. I've seen estimates between a hundred thousand and like 250,000. Like, we're not sure these are all guesstimates, but, uh, cosmically speaking, that's very soon. Yeah. Uh, When it blows, it'll be spectacular. The explosion will be about half as bright as the full moon. Anyone lucky enough to be around would be able to see it shine during the day for months until it fades away. Wow. So like the actual explosion is going to be in the sky for a while and then it's going to be like weird for years <laughs> wow uh, oh that's so cool i want it uh, to happen kind of now yeah <laughs> um there's a little bit more um astronomers have carefully observed the behaviors of many stars after they exploded as supernova but no one has had a detailed look at how a star behaves leading up to a supernova so astronomers don't really know whether the current dimming event is leading up to one but Uh, What they do know is that it'd be pretty unlikely for the explosion to go off now when there's so much uncertainty in their understanding of Beetlejuice's behavior and even its age. So everyone's being very cautious and very conservative and all the astronomers like, no, it's nothing. Don't get all excited. Nothing's going to explode. But... But maybe. But it might. Yeah. <laughs> they're all still looking. Like, oh, yeah. oh no, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. So, for anybody who has a clear sky, uh, if you live in the Seattle region, you'll know that we've had a lot of clouds and it's hard <laughs> to see stars uh, on any given night. But if you can go out and check out your night sky, find Orion and look for the shoulder, which. Uh, if you can see Beetlejuice right now, is noticeably reddish. It's not quite as bright as it used to be. It used to be one of the brightest stars in the sky, so it was yeah. obvious. Um, but just keep an eye on it next time you're outside. And maybe it'll explode. Maybe, yeah, don't look right at it. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, And even if it doesn't, the fact that it changed so dramatically so suddenly is so interesting. Yeah, like cosmic terms, um, it's been months and that's like nothing. That's like yeah. less than a blink of an eye for a star. Yeah. And the fact that that anyone can just look in the sky and see this. Like, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's noticeable. You might be like, whoa, Orion looks funny. And right. it's because one of its brightest stars is 
super dim right now. Right. And on top of that, the fact that whatever's happening happened six to 700 years ago. Yeah. Because that's how far away it is and how long it takes the light to reach us mm-hmm. is We're looking incredible. at the past. Yeah. That's just mm-hmm. also fucking interesting. Yeah. Uh, so we we always end the space news with, and that's the space news. Oh. <laughs> do you want? Do you <laughs> well, want? I gotta say it because I I did the. You the gotta say up. it. All you right. gotta hit me. Okay, so, and that's the space news. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> space news. It is time. Finally. Finally. Arrowverse <laughs> year five. Da 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 da. I remember the <laughs> the tune this time. Oh, I Wait, can't remember. Give me a nice. Uh, give me a nice arrow noise. <laughs> Yes, that was it. All right, Doug. Arrowverse year five. Arrowverse year five. Only like one or two things of consequence happened, so we'll just be talking for like five minutes. Just <laughs> kidding, like a million things happened. It's a very busy show. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're talking about, what is this? It's Flash year three. Three. Arrow year five. Year, arrow, yeah, Arrow five. Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl year two. Right, 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 right. And that's right. it? What, did yeah. I watch another show that I forgot? Is that it? <laughs> There's four. That's right. Supergirl, Flash. Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Arrow. That's yeah. right. Because next year, year six, we're going to get Black Lightning. Black Lightning. Right. And then year eight, we get Batwoman. Batwoman, right. But there's no other new shows, right? Because I cannot handle anymore. It's so much. <laughs> I haven't heard of them doing a oh, new Star one. Oh, Stargirl. They're adding Stargirl, aren't they? Oh, that's right. Who yeah. shows up? Is she Legends in the Legends of Tomorrow. Tomorrow season two? She is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I loved Year 5. Of I Arrow? loved it. Yeah. Uh, just across the board. Oh, across the board, yes. Um, almost entirely. I, there's, like, l- Year 4, I felt like there was, you know... It was kind of my reverse experience where I was like kind of lukewarm on a lot and really sure. liked a little bit. This one, I really liked a lot of it and was lukewarm on one. Arrow, I mean, sorry, uh, Arrowverse year five in total feels like, okay, you know what? They can have a lot of balls in the air and still take care of business. Yeah, like, this, totally. This shows me like, yep, they can, if they want to go bananas and like make another four shows, I'm I'm confident they can pull it off. Yeah. In year four, I felt like they stretched themselves too thin. Right. And all the shows suffered because of it. Yeah. And year five, I was like, oh, wow. They just needed to like get their feet under them. And now they're running with it. Yeah. And now I love they can it. do this. Because this is also kind of crazy in terms of TV in general. Like, absolutely. There have been concurrent shows that, that are like, rela- like Star Trek did that, like franchise stuff. Sure. But this is unique in terms of like, it is truly a comic book shared world that is being filmed and written concurrently with multiple episodes that take place in a in a shared world you know yeah it's astonishing and they yeah and they do it well consistently it's impressive it's incredible how much content they're producing on the time frame that they're doing it in and the quality the quality is really high i mean i didn't think about it before but someone said like oh yeah it's because they're all up in vancouver right it makes it so much easier to just do all these like crossovers and shared stuff and keep everything on the same page and similar look and feel and stuff yeah i guess i don't know i mean i i just knowing how hard it is to i made a three minute music video that like took me months (laughs) and was so goddamn hard and like just it's really mind-blowing how much content they're producing it's It's a lot yeah yeah and still good i mean I, I always say, like, I like Arrowverse. I think it's great, but I also know that this is not, like, prestige TV we're talking about. It's, sure. It's, it's CW formula of teens, teen angst portrayed by adults, adults going through teen angst, and then overlaid on it is, like, a superhero show. Right. And that's delightful. I love it. 
in all the podcasts and live streams we've done, I've never heard your cell phone before. Oh, yeah. I'm normally real good about it, but yeah. you beat me over here for uh, Space Twos, and I just didn't have a chance to turn my phone off. That was in a completely different episode of the podcast. <laughs> it did not happen today on the same day. I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's no, that- no. We recorded it on the same day. You teleported me in. We recorded Space News. We recorded And then this. you walked back. And then you, yeah, and then you yeah. cut them up, and, and you released yes. it differently. That's what happened. No sure. one thinks this is live. It's all real. I actually beamed you. <laughs> I know. That's why my phone's on. I'm blaming you. Um, okay. What do we want to start? I kind of want to start with Arrow because- Okay, yeah. Arrow has been my favorite all along. I forgot. Is this the magic season? That was last season. Arrow. That was last season. This so, was the Adrian Chase Oh, season. Adrian Chase. This is Prometheus season. Prometheus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the season, like the general arc of the season is that uh, Oliver Queen basically holds auditions for a new team. Right. This is and, start to be have Team Arrow like yeah. really be a team. And that, like a whole new team. Like, fuck the old team. In with the new team. Right, right, right. takes up the first third of the season. Uh, and then eventually that team sort of settles into who it's going to be. Right. And then we really start to face off against this mystery figure, Prometheus. Right. Who uh, seems to know way more about Arrow than he should. Yes. He's got deep knowledge of Arrow. He's not revealing it to the public, which right. he, they imply he could do. They don't right. know who he is. Right. But he's, yeah. He's like terrorizing Arrow. Right. To like, I know your moves when we fight. Like, I right. can get ahead of you and I do a move that like no one else knows. And right. I'm killing people that no one would realize that these are people from your life. Right. And then as we come to find out... <laughs> While Oliver Queen is busy being the mayor, we find out oh, that right. his uh, district attorney, Adrian Chase, is a serial killer, is super Prometheus, yeah. supervillain. Um, and there's a misdirection there because in the oh, comic book. Absolutely. I thought he was a vigilante it, the exactly. whole time. And in the comic book, Adrian Chase is vigilante. Is he? Yes. Oh, so this is like a, funny. It's a. It shows how they can kind of have it both ways of like, right. we're doing like DC knowledge, DC comic stuff. So people watching are like, yeah. Adrian Chase is vigilante, vigilante, just like it yeah. is in the comics. But I even thought that I mean, we still don't know who vigilante is. There's a new vigilante in town that they just call vigilante, right, which right. annoys the fuck out of me. But that's it, also that was the character in DC. Sure, and I right. forgive it because of that. Who was but like, in uh, Supergirl this season as well? Really? Uh, yeah, uh, Jimmy. Because this is—is is this Jimmy Olsen? As, yeah, yeah. As, as uh, what's protector? His name? defender guardian guardian yeah <laughs> something like that something like that yeah uh he fights a guy who's like i'm just like you and uses like chain guns and has a mask it's just a one-off episode uh-huh and he's the vigilante of like that alternate universe yeah so oh, on earth 38 okay. they don't sure. talk about it explicitly right but right that, right it is basically I vaguely remember that them doing a vigilante character so much happens in these shows that it's hard to remember Oof, like yeah. i find myself being surprised by plot points that are massive that i forgot it's makes it i know it's a weird thing to say because I'm also saying like, yeah, you know, it is what it is uh, that I love that it's a not prestige TV. Yeah. It's also fun to watch it again because sure. you will sort of like see stuff that you missed. So one thing, for example, we know who um, uh, Mr. Terrific is. Right. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, oh, my God. I can't remember right now. What's his character? I love name? that character. Holt? Nope. That's uh, Curtis. Curtis. Yeah. Curtis, uh, whatever. So he had been introduced last season. Right. And they, in last season, they tell you like, this is his name, Curtis. And he's like an Olympic, Olympic level swimmer. athlete. Yeah. You were reminding me of that. And then the, if you go back and watch season four, so many people say terrific uh-huh. to Curtis during the last season uh-huh. where 
knowing he becomes Mr. Terrific, you're like, uh, okay, they did a long setup of that. Yeah. Where before they're even introducing him to do this stuff, they're calling him, hey, you did a terrific job, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, <laughs> it's these are the little things that I feel like make a rewatch worthwhile. Sure. Once you know what does happen. I could see, I could see that being a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. You say, you keep saying prestige TV. I just watch Watchmen. Watchmen is prestige TV. And that's yeah. what I, that's what I keep thinking of. Did yeah. you watch it yet? Oh yeah. It's, and it's amazing. Amazing. It's so good. Actually, Alexandria watched it. We should all get but together. But it's also and legitimately it. good. Like for example, absolutely in every uh, way, uh, Rosalie, my wife who could care less about comic books for the most part and genre fiction in general, uh, watched Watchmen because she, you know, it's like HBO, what's on? And she's like, oh, that's a really good. I don't know what's going on, but that's like a really good show. She's never read yeah. the comic. Yeah. She's never seen the Watchmen movie. The beauty of that show is that you don't need to have seen or read the comic, seen the movie or read the comic yeah, at all. Yeah, because it's an interesting story. Like, I just listened to a podcast. Uh, I keep, I always mention Fat Man Beyond, oh, okay. formerly Fat Man on Batman, but it's a great show. And they recently had an interview on there with Damon Lindelof, Ooh. and he said that their goal in episode one was that if there was two people watching together, one who loved the comic and one who'd never read it, right. at the end of episode one, the one who never read the comic should look at the other and say, what the fuck just happened? And the one who read the comic should say, I have no idea. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 they yeah. should both be in the dark. <laughs> right. um, and I, that happened to me with my mom. I watched it with my mom when she was visiting. We watched the first episode and she looked at me. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. And I love that comic. Um, but yeah, we should we should sit down with Alexandria and talk about that because yeah. uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. I'll, we'll see if we can get that together. Yeah, but, I want to watch the movie, the Zack I did Snyder not like movie. The movie sucks. I mean, it's the it's. I like the movie because it was like so very much the comic book. You I know? didn't like it because it. I found it boring because it was a slavish recreation of the comic book. Right. I'd rather read the comic book than watch a slavish recreation. Plus, they defanged it by changing the ending with yes. the the giant squid, and I'm like, that's it's crucial it, right. like the move the whole story like turns on this moment this giant absurd right. event that that shatters the entire world right which is what the the tv show is all like the jumping the, off point the TV which show we're so jumps happy off about from the comic book right it's, the it's, tv show is not based off of the movie right, it's based right. off the comic but, it's, but i'm like why make a slavish recreation and then like miss the point oh yeah i agree with you yeah absolutely i wish that it had been different but i still like the movie i only saw it once I was also really disturbed by some of the violence. Like there was the chainsaw thing oh, sure. that like really upset me. And yeah. I'm I'm a little bit of a wimp with that. Oh, and me too, totally. I just yeah. I just didn't I've never I've never liked a Zack Snyder movie. I can't think of one that I've seen that I liked. Right, right. I liked I liked uh We're both our moms are Martha, whatever <laughs> the, the Batman versus Superman mom fight. You would. Yeah. Yeah, we saw that together, didn't we? did, we? yeah, That yeah, was yeah. one of the man-meat movie nights right. yeah, 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 that yeah. Dan DeRozier used to sponsor. That is that is correct. Yeah, those were weird. They were fun. I mean, I enjoyed that movie, you know? I yeah. really did. I was like, I want more. I want. I didn't want it to end. Yeah, Dan would invite all of his man friends over, and we'd cook steaks, and or then- Drink whiskey. Drink whiskey, and then go to Cinerama and watch movies. I mean, movie. it was a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that movie- was fine. I don't know. That movie fine. missed the point of Batman, in my opinion. But sure. again, this is just my opinion. It doesn't mean shit. Yeah. But like, Batman doesn't use guns. And like, the core of Batman is that he's a better fighter and right. he doesn't kill and he's like smarter and he finds a way to get right. the job done without right. lethal violence or without using guns. But that version is the Batman from Dark Knight Returns. 
The Batman from Dark Knight Returns didn't use guns. Yeah, there's like a scene of him like out there with two guns. And is there? I don't yeah. remember that Plus, at all. I may be wrong, but I feel like 1940s Batman definitely had a gun. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Right. Let's talk about Arrowverse. <laughs> <laughs> at least we're talking about DC. I'll give us that. Sure. It's um, not Batman's not in this yet, but yeah. we're still in the same family. Yeah, totally. Um, any hoozle. Any hoozle. Yeah. <laughs> so Adrian Chase, Prometheus, yeah. we get to meet Talia Al Ghul finally, yes. played by Lexa Doig, who's actually in um Stargate. Right, right. Which right, I right. really enjoyed seeing her here. She was fantastic. She's great. I like that they do the Talia character. That to me is also in retrospect a sign like DC's like, you know what? We trust you. We can start to bring you in yeah, yeah, yeah. closer to the core yeah, of that, the that's comic. Because uh, you were world. saying in an earlier podcast how like you don't get Talia yet, you get uh, Nissa, uh, Nissa Al Ghul, right? Because it does yeah. feel like you don't get Batman, right? Like, they don't. I think at this point they don't even say the word Batman out loud. They'll right. say Gotham and they'll right. say the other guy. You know, uh, uh, what's her name? Supergirl. Well, they said it on Supergirl. Clark's friend. Right. So the, you know, like Supergirl world has. A Superman and a Batman, we think. We think, but we don't. We don't see either of those in the main timeline where all the other shows take place. Right. And I cannot wait to get to Crisis on Infinite Earths because oh, so I mean, good. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I do know you know spoilers because oh, yeah. like the general idea of the Crisis on Infinite Earths right. from the comic is off. Mike, is, we should talk about what spoilers you know. Well, I, I will just say like from the comics that which I haven't even read, just like knowing a lot some DC history, I oh. know that like all of the. The multiverse is collapsed into like one. one. Right. Yeah. So I'm just, it just seemed obvious that they were going to eventually bring Supergirl into the main timeline. That's like my assumption. Well, technically but I Supergirl's, oh, I see, in the main time. We're right now Supergirl's in. Like Earth 1. No. Or there's just one Earth, I guess. Right. She's Earth 38. Right. And then there's like Earth 2 that the Flash goes to. And like, but, let's just make no, it all but one. But nothing stars in those worlds. That's what you're saying is Supergirl's yeah. part of the multiverse, but she's on her own path. Right. 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 So I'm assuming that Crisis brings everyone into one universe. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But right. anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. And then there's also the whole plot point of... of Oliver Queen going to Russia and becoming the Green Arrow finally his yes. five year journey. The, yes, because now up. this is the fifth year and right. they've done flashbacks and the first. This is like the five year journey thing of Star Trek, where it's like, well, in theory, you're on the hook for five years now. Right. Arrow starts off with like five years ago, I was on this island. Right. First season flashback to five years ago. Right. Each season is a year later. We're now full circle. The right. flashback of five should lead into the beginning of. So there's one viewing of Arrow, which is to only watch the flashbacks oh, chronologically fun. forward yeah, yeah, yeah. and then come into season one. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. So you can watch <laughs> you can watch the actor age and then de-age. De-age, yeah. <laughs> they do a lot of fun things with this hair, though. Like, yeah. the hair is how they tell you which year you're in. Dude, uh, what's his name? Steve McQueen? That's not it. Armin? Armin Shimmerman? <laughs> Arnett? Nope. Nope. Arnine, Arnine, Steven. I think we're in Steven for sure. Steven sounds right. Arn. The dude who plays Arrow. Yes. About him. Interesting. Oh my God. What is his fucking name? That's going to drive me crazy. (laughs) Well, what's your point about him before you forget that? Um, Anyway, he looks great with long hair. That was my point. <laughs> his short hair. I, I do not like his short hair. I think Some, he looks like a doofus with long hair. I think that's that's when he's like the college kid. I think kid. he looks uh, dreamy with long hair. Okay. He looks dreamy in general. I like know his name. <laughs> um, 
but I don't remember it. Yeah, it'll, I don't really know most of their... I know, like... It'll come to me. Flash's name is Will something. That doesn't sound right. And uh, <laughs> Supergirl's name is, like, Benoit. Melissa Benoist. Benoist, yeah. That's yeah. one. We got one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's not Will something. I don't remember. It, it doesn't matter. Ted? It, it, it's Ted. It's like a short matter. name and a long name. Garnet? <laughs> is his name Garnet? <laughs> This Anyways. must be the most infuriating thing to listen to. Um, yeah, there's definitely a first name and a last name involved. Sure. <laughs> anyway, okay, so there's so much that happens in yeah. Year 5 of Arrow. Right, Talia, um, that's what you're saying. Introduce Talia. Yeah, so I, got, I just want to kind of break down my feelings about all this shit. Sure, that go for it. Um, I hated the way the season started. Okay. I was really... Well, I hate is a strong word. I... I did not. I was bored and uninterested, sure. and didn't like. You're slogging through a huge part of the of the beginning of the season. Yeah, um, the way that the new team came together just felt so weird to me. It's like Oliver Queen is so careful, and then all of a sudden he's bringing all these people into his lair. Totally and, right. And and one of them ends up being a traitor. Artemis right. was working for Prometheus, um, and like I didn't like any of their costumes. You've got you know. Mad Dog, Renee, like I, Renee's a great, a great, a great character. character, yeah, fantastic character, incredible actor. Yeah, I love his character. Yep, but Mad Dog is the stupidest superhero. It's ridiculous ever, yeah, and yeah. he's just running around with fucking with machine guns, guns right, and like shoots people in shooting people. And like, what is that? Like, and they're talking about how they don't kill people, but he's running around shooting people, and right. it seems pretty obvious that they're dead. So, well, I mean. T- uh, Oliver's running around shooting people with arrows all the time, but in the and, leg. And you know, well, we've come to accept that that those people aren't dying either. I think offhandedly later they mentioned something about like having not being able to use their normal whatever stun bullets or something. Huh. There's a throwaway thing, but doesn't matter. The idea is that yeah, his super, but it's been the same superpower that John Diggle has had, which is like a dude with a gun, right? You know, th- but this- John, D- I buy it with John Diggle because he's a trained military officer, and I feel like he's got the restraint and the control that I would yeah, trust him to I don't not know. kill. I mean, it's still both of them. Their superpower is shooting people with a gun. Sure. And then we've got that's what uh, I made fun of to a degree in the um, oh, in your Red the, Sun script yeah, when yeah, we had yeah, a yeah. superhero who was named right. the mugger, the no, supervillain. Her name was the mugger. <laughs> <laughs> and that was her power. She just had a gun. <laughs> um, and then we've got Artemis, who's like another archer who yep. ends up being a traitor. And then like comes back at the end of the season to trick Oliver one more time when he's been captured by right. Adrian Double, Chase. double fake out. Yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't, and she's like 12 years old. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is right. weird. And then we've got Ragman. Robin vibe. Ragman who has an actual power. Yeah. And, Another or really he interesting, with another interesting character who yes. I like, and he lived in Haven Rock, which was the town that Felicity accidentally bombed with a nuclear weapon. No, when she, she intentionally was, did it, not accidentally. Sure. Well, she, I mean, she was like diverting the nuclear weapon, and it was the she place she killed a bunch of people to save a bunch more. Exactly, and like she ended up bombing Haven Rock, right. and his family was killed, and then he only lived because he has these rags that are resistant. Right, they're like magic rags. Right, and then when, but it's also like ancient Jewish magic, so that's like an interesting. That was interesting. Yeah. And Felicity's Jewish, and yeah. I'm Jewish, and I'm right, like, oh, right, right. look, Jews. But. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you're talking about representation, where they're doing yeah. something that isn't explored in superhero world, you know? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm Jewish, and that didn't feel like Jewish representation to me. It's just like, let's just call them Jewish. I'm like, all right. I mean, I was... Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, nothing about their representation, especially Felicity, 
Well, like, so far, Felicity is just in name. It's just like every well, once in a while they mention a bit. It actually made more sense later because her mom converted and her dad was Jewish, right? No, her dad converted. She, her mom's Jewish. Oh, that doesn't make sense. Because that's just saying about like, how do you know, like the dad, I think the dad even said something about like proof that he loved her mother, you know? Maybe. I don't know. I'm this is my own headcanon just because like, as a Jew, I feel like they don't feel they don't Jewish, feel Jewish but right? the dad did sure so anyway it doesn't matter doesn't I mean, matter I, you know uh, it was a chance whatever. for them to do exploration of that of his yeah. culture the, it was mentioned more and because the character ragman in dc that is part of the character so oh cool uh, yeah. so this i thought was like oh that's what they're gonna do with this you know but yeah. then they take him off the board right away yeah because i think it feels like arrow is making a specific choice not to do meta shit yeah know? i mean they added this character and then he decides to leave the team pretty quickly right uh and then who was the oh and then there's mr terrific mm-hmm. and i love curtis he's great yeah but oh and i forgot to mention ragman looks stupid he looks ridiculous, uh, and uh, yeah. he's got this horrible voice that you can't understand a word he's saying. <sighs> it's, yeah, the rags. I, it's funny lines about how the rags whisper. Or yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. you got Mr. Terrific. He's who, a science hero. Whose costume looks stupid. Like, I, well, But his, it's also true to the comic book. I, I looked it up, and I saw that, and I felt like it's too true to the comic book, where yeah. like they tried to make this mask look like it could exist, but this like T on his face right. mask. But like, if you look close, part of it is like, really rubbery and has all these like creases to make yeah. him look angry and the rest of it is it looks like it's just drawn on right like artemis's mask just looked drawn on right and anyway when the whole team walked into a room i'm like this is the stupidest looking team of superheroes i've ever seen uh, and it was such a step backwards from this is one of the, the season before I mean, see, the, several i mean last year we had black canary we had speedy and, and before that we had um, but it's changing it to being like the, a the red arrow team. what's his name yeah, I mean Arsenal. Arsenal, yeah. So anyway, sure, they made it a super team, but it just looked and sounded dumb to me. Like sure. I just didn't like it. It's one of the bigger it's complaints people had. Aesthetically, I just really didn't like it. And the whole way that it all came together, it just rubbed me the wrong way in so many ways. And I'm just like, this show is is losing it. Like, right, right, this is right. a bummer because this has been my favorite. Yeah. But I will say that. See, I still loved it because I was like, yeah, more superheroes. More superheroes. <laughs> Aesthetically, were you like into the design of all of them? Eh, I don't care. I mean, it's fine. I've, I I enjoyed the first X-Men, which is really when the world went, you know what? How about instead of goofy superhero costumes, they just wear like biker leather with X's on it. I loved that. I, I loved it too, that. but people yeah. freaked out. People were mad about it. Yeah. This is like, well, what if it was biker leather that was super tricked out to look just like the comic book? So I'm like, yeah, yeah. do that then, you know? I guess. And maybe for a longtime fan of the Mr. Terrific character, it would have like really done it for him. Right. And I still love all the characters. Like it's, it's not anything against the characters and i still sure and, and i will say that i completely came around by the end of the season uh, I mean, yeah they do pull it off oh my god they, they go and they, they pull it off to the point where i feel like for you you would be more trusting the next time they you make see a mistake. something that Absolutely. looks that looks like a mistake right but is like no actually we can do this well i feel like they just kind of course corrected and they got rid of ragman and i, I actually missed the character but i did not miss seeing this like ridiculous rag thing walk in to save the day so that's why i think i don't think this is a matter of course correction i think ragman was intentional yeah he's just going to be in here he's got a short arc that is supposed to highlight 
um, Felicity's right, 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 agonies, right, and then give and help Felicity, her heal from that. Give right, Absolutely. help her heal, give her forgiveness that right. she can accept. Absolutely, then he's going to go off on his way. Because, I like that. Again, he's yeah. overpowered. Yeah, I he's, like that. I, it felt good. Live in the Flash world, sure. You know, but yeah. he can't live in the Arrow because the Arrow world it's kind of the Superman problem with yeah. like the Justice League. What do you do with a team that has Batman and Superman on it? Like, right, they have different problems and batman's problems are kind of like nothing right. to superman and superman's problems batman really has no business dealing with <laughs> you have to get yeah. really intricate with the writing which is not a bad thing but yeah that's why i think they're making a choice to do very light metas on arrow hmm. yeah i i see that so again, i like it's arrow. not a course correction this is like sure yeah that's maybe that's not the right way to say it but but then they do bring in a new black canary Yes. Um, who I ended up really liking also. Wait, this is the Laurel. Uh, Dinah, Dinah something. Oh, yes. Right, right. Oh, right. yeah. Not not um, the evil Laurel Lance, evil Laurel, which also right. came back, which right. I liked too. I do I like mean, It yeah. shows that that actor actually. She's still around. As well, and as much as like Laurel would get on my nerves during yeah. the first two seasons yeah it's not the it's not the actress fault. right it, right this is this is the role that they've written for her I, this is yeah. what they're asking her to do and but they can also have her do something more interesting and yeah. she can pull it off sure and i liked being annoyed by laurel i think yes. i talked about that in season one it's yes. like laurel and tommy were infuriating characters but right. that i loved watching in the yes. same way that i like watching trashy reality right. tv like they're also the I very just, cw Andy and i it. just binge the first season of love island australia <laughs> and that was a journey so i mean i have a part of me that really likes trashy yep. tv and i you know and they delivered it that's what they're there for yeah and like yep. trashy trashy fictional tv inside of this like gritty superhero story worked so well for me and yeah. i actually kind of miss that about the show and i really miss laurel this season i yeah. i really felt her absence and i liked that the show kind of paid homage to her continually throughout the season right and i loved quentin i yeah. love quentin becoming a part of the family without laurel yeah was so powerful this is something i wanted to say to you at season one because you were talking about quentin and it's so different when you think about that now, mm-hmm. going back to season one. But that, like, a part of Arrow is the story of Quentin Lance. Yeah, like there's a whole journey that that Absolutely. dude goes on, and it's and he's a sensational actor. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he was on some other show. Did I tell you this? I saw like a image of him in some other show ah. that I'd seen a million times. Some like fantasy magic show. Oh sure, where he looks kind of like he's got a wry sense of humor and yeah. he looks like a different person. <laughs> right, 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 like, right. Whoa, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, what what is that called? I don't remember. It, I, there's a lot that I don't remember. And he's like a fairly cliched cop in Arrow, uh-huh. but it shows that that actor, you know, put his all into it. it yeah, could, it could have been um, um, handled a lot differently, but I think that that he gave it due respect as a as an individual as a person yeah and it's paying off now in these later seasons yeah where he's got like real pain because of the of his perceived death of his two daughters you know one real and one less real and, <laughs> and then you know um does he know that sarah's still alive he does i don't think he does i think that that i think that they make that i think they make that more explicit on legends of tomorrow that like she can't go talk to her father well he was there when they brought her back to life, but then she was like feral. Right. No, he saw her come back to Did herself, he her? didn't he? Oh, I don't know. Now I've lost the thread. <laughs> I don't remember for sure. It is funny because that in itself becomes kind of a running joke about like, not a joke, but sort of a dark joke of him having daughters that die and come back to life. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really liked him kind of dealing with alcoholism again. Alcoholism again, Coming yep. to work for Oliver as the mayor. Right. This is another thing I did not like about the first part of the season is like, I just can't believe that Oliver is up all day as the mayor and up all night as the Green Arrow. <laughs> yeah. And he just doesn't sleep. Yeah, he's definitely a drug addict. Yeah, I mean, he's just on like uppers all the time or something. I don't right. know. It just, I just like, it just didn't feel... Season five of Arrow just stopped feeling real to me. It gets very superhero. And that's one of the things people did complain about it online, hmm. you know, where it's like, oh, it's like a broke ass Avengers where they're doing like <laughs> an Avengers assemble kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But I, but like all the superheroes are kind of lame. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. And mystery men, but not funny. I never really got over that. Like, I, I still don't like Mad Dog and I right. don't like Mr. Terrific, right. even though I love the characters. Um, and I really ended up liking the arc of the season and where it ended up going. But a lot of it felt really weak to me. I mean, a, a lot of the Russia stuff felt pretty slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I've been waiting to see Oliver Queen join the Bratva and it was so much more literal and yeah. And kind of like less interesting than I had right. expected it to be. But through a lot of it, we got to have Kosovar. Co- Co- Constantine Kovar. Constantine Kovar. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, who is uh. a st- Towning. Oh, so good. It's so it so I good. did not realize until a couple episodes I was like, that's fucking Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. I had no idea. No idea. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen much with Dolph Lundgren in it. Like, what are his big famous things? Um well I come in pieces, the one that I really I haven't enjoyed. Seen um I think that's him. Um, like I know of him and I've heard of him. Obviously. Well, Drago, that's the big, that's like a uh, uh, Rocky Rocky. Four, and I've never right. seen a Rocky movie. Uh, okay. Like I know of a lot of the things he's done, but I haven't yeah. actually seen them. Is, is he in masters of the universe? Yeah. I haven't seen that either. He man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's the other thing is that he was sort of like, you know, not a pretty boy, but like this like blonde Aryan that was kind of <laughs> the, the look he had. Yeah. And so old him is like, weathered and leathered you know it is. i think he looks great oh it's it's yeah he is he is a, a striking character yeah but like it just like muscle and and wound up violence that's all also <laughs> super tightly controlled yeah it's interesting yeah it's really menacing cool. super menacing i really struggled with the be- the way that that story started was because last season that russian woman diana who no, ta, 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 is it Diana? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Her name was Diana, which I'm like, it would have been so cool if they'd made her wonder woman, <laughs> but obviously she wasn't. Um, that's like, the one who steals the magic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Oliver kills her. Right. And then promises her that he will save her family from Constantine Kovar right. or something. But I, I had no memory of that promise at the right. start of the season. Cause I, it was kind of like a small detail. You got to watch the previously ons. Yeah, I yeah I did, and but I'm like, wait, what? Do you watch the previews on for Legends of Tomorrow? You know, so I wasn't at first, yeah. But then I realized that Legends of Tomorrow was changing them every time, and that they were fucking hilarious. They're hilarious, and, and then I started watching them. So the time pigs. Yeah. Oh man, we're gonna get there real soon. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then That's I started trying to watch them in the other shows, and like Supergirl, they're boring as fuck. They're boring. Yeah, yeah. it's mostly the same. But, but I need them a lot of the time. Every once so in a while, happening. they'll throw in a like, "Hey, there's a callback from two seasons ago." Yeah. Yeah. So like that whole, the whole idea of him like coming to Russia to avenge Diana. I did not feel like they set that up very well the season prior. Right. So that kind of felt like it was coming out of nowhere to me. Yeah, basically. And it is. Yeah. But I, I really like, uh, what's his name? The the guy who's the head of the Bratva. 
Anatoly. Anatoly. He yeah. was an amazing actor. It is great because he's come back quite a bit. You know? Yeah. He's, I don't know the behind the scenes. This does strike me as someone who was like, you know what? He, this worked out well. Like you have Let's charisma, you, you have, you know, this character. Let's, yeah. the way, like f- another Felicity, you know? They have great chemistry, yeah. him and Oliver. Um, yeah, so like bringing him back a lot was so great. And then also seeing their relationship form while also seeing it deteriorate yes. in the present day, yep. five years later, uh, was really interesting. And of course, it follows the pattern where whatever's happening in Oliver's life yes, in the year of the show five years ago was also happening to him on the island. It's right. happened every year of Mirroring. the show. Yeah, I yeah. don't mind that at all. Sure, I, it's I'm fine book. with that. But we get to see Oliver training a little bit with, uh, with uh, Talia, Talia Al Ghul, yeah. which was so cool. And then we find out later that she's now training Adrian Chase, which yeah. is like, of course she is. Because she's mad at Oliver, because yeah. Oliver makes everyone mad. And, uh, you know, so I, I would say a large portion of this story, I didn't care what was happening, and I was bored. And I was okay, really sure. disappointed in that. But I love where they went with it. Yeah, I love where they went with they, it. All these things, this is one of those things I, when we're watching Arrow as we go, and you're like, ah, there's some things I feel like they're not addressing, or certain stuff isn't coming up. This, to me, is a is a good example of something that does come up, which is like Oliver and his relationship to violence and yes, murder. You know? Yes, yes. And not, not dealt with. In Killing sort of your like own a, clone is still murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah it's a <laughs> we both decide uh, it's satisfactory inside jokes they um they don't deal with it in a flippant way they like adrian chase is a monster who's yeah. a serial killer and who knows he's a monster who knows he's a monster being manipulative and all he wants out of oliver initially here is to get oliver to admit that oliver enjoys killing people yes yeah and that's when the season turned for me is like when when he kidnaps Oliver and forces him to admit that he likes killing, right? It's like, so good. Oh, it's amazing. Because also, it's amazing. Spoiler alert: Oliver's like, yeah, fine, I do. Yeah, and then he's like, this is like, supervillains are often portrayed Stephen as Stephen like, Amell. Yeah, Stephen Amell. Yes, there it is. Uh, it's like, oh, my goal is to take over the world to get rich, or like, I'm going to kill the the superhero. This is like, no, I'm going to just like break him and then let him go. Yeah, it's like you turn me into a monster and because you are a monster and I want you to know it. Yeah. Like yeah. I want you to know you're a monster. I loved I loved that. I the, it was so interesting because what was cool about it was like I'd never really seen anything like that yeah. in one of these shows before where like the goal of the villain is to is to get the hero to admit their fault. Yeah, that he's and, yeah. Like and not just like a a fault but like that he he's a serial killer something deep yeah yeah that our hero is a serial killer right. and, and that is to wrestle with that as a show a true thing was yeah. so cool yeah, yeah, and yeah. we've been talking about that since season one it's like right. he's just running around killing dudes he's killing all the bodyguards and then not killing the guy who's the actual bad guy right to tell him that he failed the city right um but then they did that flashback where they showed like season one time period yes where arrow goes like kills adrian chase's father yeah and I loved it. I mean, yeah. that was so fucking cool. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, by the time the season ends, I'm just like, give me more. I love this show. Yeah. And I'm so glad that that happened. And, I, you know, this isn't a season that I'd really want to rewatch. Maybe I will someday. I don't it's know. It's interesting but, to rewatch it because you hmm. rewatch it. You Of course, you rewatch it. And you're like, oh, Adrian Chase is Prometheus the whole time. Yeah. So it's kind of funny to see, like, the, all their interactions beforehand, knowing that that's what's coming. Yeah. So yeah. that that adds another layer to it. 
yeah, and, and like Chase eventually, was like if you involved learn in getting who vigilante is you get. Oh to... yeah, see, I still don't know that, right? Which I'm excited about because right, right, I was right. sure it was Adrian Chase and like Adrian and Oliver become good friends, and then Adrian is helping Diggle get out of jail. Right. And I'm like, man, I just really, I really like that actor. I yeah. think he's super hot, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I like their bromance. Yeah. And then finding out he was the villain, and then the way that their relationship gets so like like violently intimate was yes. fascinating yeah. and the themes that they wrestled with were big yeah. and interesting and important yep. and I really 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 loved it's it it's good they, they they pulled off a good season with yeah. a rocky start for you yeah. um, and it's hard for me to judge it because I do know from seeing seen it before they pull it off yeah. but I do like the superhero team building thing yeah, I and for, I, I recognize that my opinion on it is more of an aesthetic thing, where I just didn't like the aesthetic choices that they made. It didn't seem like it didn't seem like it was bad or anything. It just seemed like it wasn't my style. Right. And it, if that's the way the show had always been, I never would have gotten into it. Right. And that right, was right. what was frustrating for me is that it seemed like they kind of changed style yes. in a way that didn't work for me in right. a show that was has been my favorite up until this point. And it was su- surpassed by two other shows this year. Yeah. I liked two other shows more than I liked yeah. uh, Arrow in the in year four, and we'll get there. Okay, so uh, conclusion, how did you feel about them going back into the Klingon well for the voice of a villain? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What are we talking about? In Arrow, how do you feel of this year, year five, that they went back to the Klingon well to get the voice of a villain. Which villain? Because it was Kern, remember, for uh, Zoom? Right. And then this Tony was Todd. Michael Dorn what? for Prometheus. Where? What? Michael Dorn. No. Is Pro- yeah. What? Yeah. I'm, I want to say I'm 90% sure that Michael Dorn did. Are we going to pause while you do some searching? Yes. <laughs> wow, you're right. It was Michael fucking Dorn, <laughs> and it was Dorn. uncredited. Yeah. I didn't get it. I yeah. didn't pick it up. I'm ashamed. Oh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm sorry to wow. bring shame to your house. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's Kern's brother, too. That's yeah. so fucking it's so cool. funny. It is that such is a, so cool. It is such uh, a weird, I like, I, I don't know it. if it's intentional. They both have great. I'm sure it's intentional. Deep evil voices. Yeah. But yeah, that is such a thing I could see these showrunners doing the level of deep dive in joke stuff that they do, especially on legends of tomorrow, yeah. which is seems to exist only for them to make deep cut jokes if they want. Yeah. Uh, this is that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, brothers Klingon brothers from star Trek, both playing villain voices on these shows. Wow, that's super cool. I will say that I do find it problematic and this is the Darth Vader problem. We said the same thing. With that Kurt. you like hire a, yeah, totally. That yeah, you like hire color to do the voice. Exactly. Portrayed of a, physically of a by white a voice, uh, a white person. Yep. Yeah. It's like, if we're going to show his face, it has to be a white guy. Like that really rubs me the wrong way. Right. And it's a pattern and let's knock it off. But, <laughs> but if we're looking at it, um, you know, if we are, if we are ignoring that, I love that Michael Dorn is Prometheus. I yeah. love that. Yeah. He's I, got that's, a great voice. I like Kern's voice. It would be great yeah. if they each got to actually play characters. Yeah. In the show. I'm still, I'm still so disappointed that Tony Todd wasn't yes. zoom. Like, yeah. I think that that would have just, I mean, cause we had talked about that last time, how I didn't really like how right. that went down and I would have vastly preferred just Tony Todd. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I really love what they did with Prometheus this season. Yeah. And then I actually got, there's so many episodes and I'm like going this watch list and then the watch oh, list, we're now using the same watch list, right? The yeah. superherohype.com thing. Yeah. And they added in Smallville because of oh. the crisis on Infinite Earth. Right, They've right. added in like a bunch of other shit. So now you have to scroll way down on the page. There's a link that's end that gets you to the bottom and then you can like just go back to where you need to be. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, 
and that page is slow and huge and it keeps crashing when I open it on my phone. So oh. like getting through the order was hard for me this oh, time. So what I do because I've run into that or once the site wasn't available uh-huh. is like tonight when we're done, we're going to gear up for year six. So I'll go and I'll just like copy. Oh, that's so smart. The, the list and I'm I'll so paste dumb. it into something that's yeah. available on my just phone. Just like your note but, pad or something. Okay, I, I'll do that. I have, I have a, an app that I share between my desktop and my phone. Yeah. 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 So from my desktop, I can copy it easily. Yeah. Yeah. Paste yeah. into this app. Then I was available on my phone. I have that also. That's, yeah. that'd be easy. I didn't think of that. That's smart. You. Um, you have to do some trimming to get rid of the sure. garbage, but yeah, well, I actually got, I got lost a couple times and I got confused about what I'd seen in which show and I got out of order a couple times. Oh yeah. Which didn't affect me. It didn't affect the viewing order except for one thing, which was that I thought I was done with the season and episode early. Oh. So I thought that the season finale was Oliver going to Lian Yu and going to talk to Deathstroke. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's a badass season finale. Right. And then I thought it was over. And then there was another episode. The whole, right. And it was batshit crazy. crazy. And it ends with them blowing up the island they and potentially all of the people. Right. It's a cliffhanger ending. Yeah. And like Adrian Chase steals Oliver's son and right. kidnaps, I guess. Kidnaps William. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, oh, that whole thing was just awesome bananas yeah bananas awesome like what an incredible ending like he really destroys oliver i mean he really wins and i love that on arrow they never win like the good guys never win the bad guys always at least get a partial victory or so often so often the bad guys win i mean haven rock you know that's like absolutely bad guys winning maybe not as much as they wanted the undertaking like right took out half the glades the like moira was killed by deathstroke in season two I mean, yeah, it's a dark victory a comes dark at show. a big cost on this show. Absolutely. And I love that. Like, I still don't know what the cost is because I, I stopped watching. I'm like, so we could have this discussion. Right, right, right. So I don't know who survives, who doesn't. I'm, right. I mean, I know that Felicity survives because I know that. There's I, certain spoilers you can't avoid. Right. Like, I, it's been spoiled for me, spoiler alert, that um, Felicity leaves the show in season eight. So I know right. that she's in the show. She's in not season on the current six. season. Right. Yeah. So. Um, which, and Oliver, of course, always lives because you right. know that he's in all of the seasons. Yeah. Although, I mean, but there's something about like, what changes Oliver not living kind of destroys the purpose of the show because like it's a deconstruction of his of right. his character. So right. if he's not around, who what are we deconstructing? Right. You know? Um. So man, it was just batshit crazy, and yeah. I just really dug it. It's I, the way that it wrapped up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, a very, very rocky season for me, but in the end, I really loved it. And even in the big crossover, the Dominators. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, we're keeping it spacey. Yeah. I'm s- stoked that the big crossover was Alien Invasion. Alien invasion. Yeah. I was fucking stoked. Which is also like, great because it. it lets Diggle go like, oh. okay, first it was this, and then I got used to like superpowers, and then I get used to like people coming from the dead yeah. in alternate worlds. Now it's aliens. Now it's aliens. Right? I and love then someone it. else yeah. will be like, I missed aliens. Yeah. And then to fight that, they go and pick up Supergirl from her right. earth and she's an alien to fight an alien. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's great. But the one episode of that crossover that sucked was the arrow episode where they did this like fantasy world, fantasy flashback, yeah. basically like con- congratulating themselves for the first five seasons of the show right. or four seasons. And I just did not like it at yeah. all. I, it just like felt like spinning their wheels, like looking backwards yep. and it had no story momentum and it's all fantasy and it didn't really matter and yeah. it was more like fan servicey than actual plot. Yeah. Even on the rewatch of this, I was like, maybe I'll like it more, but I was like, no, it changed it. The, the excitement and the, um, 
the dynamism that was being built mm, with yeah. the the other alien stuff, the whole tone. Yeah. Then it just like this pacing was real abrupt, hard turn. Yeah, it just fell flat. Yeah, and and I it is fine. It's interesting. It's interesting explorations, but yeah. not enough. And not it really it. kind of. I mean, there was like four episodes, I think, about the Dominators. And I think it, I don't remember where it started. Right. Either, I think it started on Flash. Maybe Flash, yeah. Or Legends of Tomorrow. I think it started on Flash. Okay. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But the second to last one was the Arrow one, I think. Right. And then the last one, I felt like, because we'd taken this huge detour through the Arrow, Arrow. Right. Now we have to. Time stuff. Like, I, I did not really like the way they wrapped it all up. It felt so abrupt. Yeah. So the first half of this crossover was fantastic. And then the second half was like, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't stick to the landing. Yeah. But I mean, it's super cool that aliens exist in the world now. It's still fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like why I connected to Supergirl so much in its first season was the idea of this alien woman trying to exist in a world of humans. There's right. something so isolating about that. And Supergirl sticks with the alien theme. It's not like... Yeah, totally. It's not like an abstract background of like, ah, eh, it's someone who has superpowers. Theirs just come from space versus yeah. being bit by a bug. Yeah. Like aliens continue to be a presence in the show on Earth. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, let's move into Supergirl because okay. they really doubled down on, the, on that in season two because right. they now have this bar where the aliens hang Alien out. Alien bar. Right. Yeah. Which was such a <laughs> Buffy verse thing to do. It's like the angel. Well, it's also like a it, bar it, it, where all the, the demons hang out. But it's also like it's, it, it's, they're the others. They're the superpowered others. Yeah. The way Marvel had it for like mutants, you know, like yeah. mutants are these people that have superpowers. They look really weird. Yeah. And so they stick to their own kind and they're hated by humans and quote unquote normal people. Yeah. You know? I liked the bar. I thought the bar was fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I just mean like Buffy's not the first one to hit that. Kind sure, of sure, 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 sure. You know, but it just really felt like Buffy's a weed part of that tradition thing. of yeah. like here this like genre fiction supernatural yeah, yeah, other yeah. people. Sure, you know. Yeah, how did you feel about Supergirl season two? I like Supergirl more now on the rewatches of it, where I think I didn't have. I liked it okay, but I didn't have a deep appreciation for it. Uh, my first view, mm. but now the thing that really stands out, and I keep mentioning about Supergirl, is that they're a much more politically uh aware show yeah where they address things from modern social right. issues right that in all of the other uh Arrowverse shows i don't want to say it's like it's like they just flat out don't exist yeah. like politics comes up in Arrowverse because of like you know they try to awkwardly do a gun control issue but they never talk about like anything that's beyond that like they never get into any kind of like uh racism or sexism or or any kind of othering it just is drama between people you know there's like jokes made about racial stuff but there's like there there exists no direct or metaphorical equivalent of like racial tensions right where supergirl is like here are the others that these people hate right you know let's go from there and i mean the sexism and racism that we have in our world also exists in and, the right, world and like supergirl. jimmy olsen explicitly in right. in the last season mentions yeah. like it's difficult to be a black man in america you know what who i isn't allowed to express rage is when uh john jones says i've lived in the body of a black man for yeah. the last 20 years or whatever and like has experienced racism i mean right. it, there's so much like 
there's so much power in his character saying that because yeah. he is this like Martian warrior, right? Who is the protector of Earth, an alien who has taken Earth as his home right. and protects it, but is still treated like a second class citizen by uh, racists. Two levels hated yeah. because he's an alien, and then also yeah. clearly hated, uh, you know, and by his own. I just fucking story. love that character. He's yeah. such a good character. It's really interesting. It's and, a really yeah. It's an interesting take on uh, yeah. John Jones as well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean. Supergirl season two, the thing that I just adored was Alex Danvers. Oh, Alex sure. Danvers is now one of my favorite characters in all of the Arrowverse. Right. And I liked her in season one, but like her 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 story of discovering her sexuality yeah. and realizing that she you know, is in love with a woman and then right. th- their relationship. I just love all of that. Oh, yeah, that's I another example. It. Like that right. uh, homosexuality exists in the Arrowverse in the sense that like Curtis is gay and has yeah. a husband. Yeah. And then that's the end of it. Like it never, I mean, I love that too. I love, it's great. It's, I love their relationship. I love that, right. that Curtis loses him over right. choosing to be a vigilante. And but I mean, in all Arrowverse, that it's just portrayed as like, Oh, some people are gay. Cool. It's and, like the ideal is, that we want to. Exist. Right, right. Right. And then in Supergirl, it wrestles with it in right. the way that it is existing. Right. And so you I know, love we've that, talked about this before. Right. And yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. That they, well, they have it both ways, right? It's totally. great that they're covering because, one of the negative things of some sometimes is like, oh, we have this representation, but then it's not a dress. It just is there right. as window decoration. Right. You know, it's so. representation without exploration can feel hollow. Right. But, but now I feel differently about that. You know, I, we've talked about that at length in an earlier episode. Of right. Where you need Arrowverse. to have it also be just cool. Like, it right. Just is. You do, you do need to have it both ways. Right. And I think that the show has now that now that Supergirl is doing that, and if we look at the Arrowverse as a whole, now that they are addressing it in both ways, yes, it it helps. It helps. Like, right. It really does. It and, sho- it, and it shows you how it can be covered in both ways. You right. Know? And it seems like racial tension in Earth One maybe is better than it is in our world <laughs> right, right, or right, in right. other worlds right, right. in is- <laughs> the multiverse. Yeah. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Like yeah. I like that, and I wish that it was better here. Yeah. <laughs> like I. And it makes me appreciate that choice more to kind of yeah, it's go, what Star Trek way. does. Where mm. when they do deal with sexism or racism or things like that, it is through metaphors or right. through other people's cultures, right? And the Expanse, I think, does it better than anyone. Where yeah. they kind of are in a post uh, a post racial society where right. like we are the human race, but now we hate each other because of you either live on Earth, Mars, or the asteroid right, the belt. belt. Yeah, right. So like, no one cares. Uh, about the color of anyone's skin anymore. But if you're a belter, they're going to hate you if you're from Earth. Right, you know? right. And that tells the story of our society right. so clearly of right. like human beings will just find ways to hate each other well, through they can their differences. Also, they can also throw in the class warfare because exactly, the belters absolutely. are, you know, like yeah. the blue collar, right. you know, poor working class. Right. It's survivor worlds apart. Right. And then Mars you said, is right, like, you don't know what that means. But. I don't. Mars is, <laughs> Mars is militaristic, right? It was three tribes, white collar, blue collar, and no collar oh. battling it out for a million dollars. Oh. It was a good season. Okay. What's I just rewatched it. Of what? Season 30 of Survivor. Oh, Survivor. Yeah. Okay. Survivor's oh, okay. great. thought it was like a Star Trek thing. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> both on CBS All Access. Um, anyway, so anyway. where were we going? Supergirl. So yeah, how, Supergirl. What, one of the things that I, you'd ask me what I thought about Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying that I'm liking it more on the rewatch because I'm gaining more of an appreciation for how they do address social issues. And I had originally thought of Supergirl as being like, 
it just for whatever reason I I it wasn't as it wasn't as fun as some of the other shows, but I'm now warming up to it and yeah. I'm, I'm finding it that I'm liking it a lot more this time. And yeah. then their their switch from the LA CBS uh-huh. show to being a full on Canadian CW show, yeah, I think does it a lot of good. I yeah. I feel like it gains some of the best parts of the CW Arrowverse shows and doesn't lose anything that it also already had yeah it feels like a very nice transition the biggest loss is uh Callista. uh Callista flockhart yeah and they did a good job of of having her leave and then come back for, they a, come back for a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah i like that yeah I we get lita luther you know i love we get, we get wonder woman as president i love that linda yeah. carter and she's an alien yeah that was fun yeah yeah so i there's so much I liked about season two of Supergirl. And season one of Supergirl was my second favorite of year right. four. Oh, we get Superman. We get yeah. fun Superman. Superman. And I love that Superman amazing. comes in, get some ratings, like everyone yeah. come on in, and then he dips out. And that ceiling. actor is exquisite as Superman. Remember, he's also the murderer. From, uh, you told me that. Yeah. I, I didn't put that together from, yeah. uh, what's it called? Another Life. Another Life, which we both love. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I mean when the season started and Superman yeah, came in, Superman. he's a brilliant casting choice. Yeah, yeah. and he's he does so, so good, good when he's just Clark, when he's nerdy Clark. So yeah. good. I mean, oh. uh, maybe like the best, like on-screen version of Superman. Right. I mean, maybe the best. One I, of the I, best. I mean, I love Tom Welling, but yeah. I I love I love the way that they have. Oh, they're making a Superman and Lois show. Yeah. I I read about that. Oh, okay. I like Brandon Brandon Rouse as Brandon Rouse. Yeah, he was good. Good too. He's but, a good Superman. But that movie was so weak and we didn't get a good movie the, with him when you watch i rewatched that movie recently yeah. and it's like this feels like i'm in the 70s watching superman again yeah, yeah. i'm watching christopher and i'm yeah. like he's not christopher reeves it's right. so eerie right how- well they, that's the the intention was to make a sequel and pretend it was christopher reeves basically it feels yeah. it 100% i yeah. i I liked it more watching yeah. it again recently. I always liked that movie. I don't love it, but I always liked it. Yeah, it does I mean, not feel like a movie made in the year that it was made. Sure. But anyway, so like the season starts and like they've got this new, um, what's it called? The DHO Department of... DEO. DEO. Yeah, that had been there in season one, but it wasn't... But they had like the underground bunker in season one, right, but then now, they get this new now like, they have an fancy office building, city yeah. one and like, oh, yeah. you had this too? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, we had this. <laughs> Why were uh, we in the underground bunker? Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I just really love the season start off with such a bang. Yeah. But it got so boring. Right. I, I thought season two of Supergirl was bad. Yeah. I, I There's so much I liked about it. Like, I love Alex Danvers. Yeah. But it was a slog for me. Like, there's a I, lot of, like, boring. CW drama stuff because we get Monel. Yeah. We have all of that. I, I never cared about Monel. I never cared about the Daxamites. Right. Like the Daxamites come and try to take over Earth. Terry Hatcher's there. Yeah. Kevin Sorbo's Kevin there. Kevin Sorbo, yeah. Like on paper, it's, they got everything that yeah. I would want, but it was just boring. I, I just never, yeah. I never See, got into it. See, this is funny because this is what I felt about Supergirl the first time yeah. I had watched it, where even last time we talked about it, I was surprised that you liked Supergirl as much as you did because yeah. I didn't really like it the first time through. Yeah. And then the same thing with this one. <laughs> I like it more now, yeah. but I was more in your seat the first time through. Yeah, I mean, watching it in conjunction with all these other shows, it just really fell flat for yeah. me. Yeah, when, when I first did my binge of Arrowverse, I was always plowing through Supergirl yeah. diligently and dutifully. I was yeah. like, I'm not going to skip it. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to make it a, a, a Constantine NBC thing. Yeah. I will put in my dues. Yeah. <laughs> but this time I was like, 
I wasn't looking forward to it the way that I look forward to uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which is the best Arrowverse show ever. Yeah. Uh, but I was enjoying it. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm in. You know. Yeah, you know. I mean, I didn't I didn't hate it, but I it was it was boring in a way that that bugs me. Like, yeah. It was boring in a way that like. That frustrates me because I have to watch it because we're because I'm doing this project and I'm invested in the world right. and I want to see all of it. Yeah. And but you know what? I'm sure that it'll, it'll get better. It, it, it really does. It. Yeah. It wasn't like the type of thing where I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this show anymore. It's like, oh man, you have such promise, show. Like you, season you've four. done such good stuff, and yeah. you, even in this season, there were such good episodes. I think season four for Supergirl might be one of my favorite seasons. Oh, I can't wait. Of all of Arrowverse. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love the show. Yeah. And. I, season one, I loved the show in spite of its flaws. Yeah. And season two, I was like, ah, yeah. I still love you, but man, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you, you gotta, gotta be more you gotta fun. Give me something, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they even did a musical episode, and I didn't even like that. Like, yeah, I did. I, I did. Like, I did not like it the first Meister time through. or whatever it was. Yeah, but this time I did. did I mean, uh, Mixelplex this time. Oh yeah, mix. Mixes Pitalik. Mixel Pitalik. Mixes yeah. Pitalik. Yeah, they, they And that was okay. But then like the Music Meister and Mixes Pitalik were like the same character. Basically the same character, yeah. Yeah, it just it felt to me like that show suffered for the way that year four felt stretched too thin. Yeah. I only felt that way about Supergirl this season, where it felt like they yeah. didn't quite get the attention that they needed. Right. In some way. Um, it definitely and, has a finding its legs uh, yeah. feeling to it. And, I just, and it was so saccharine, like the love story between oh, Monel and yeah. and Supergirl was. So just I'm really lame. thinking that you have to watch Supergirl and then come back and go. That's what this is. Supergirl. Supergirl is and always will be unironic heart. Yeah, it, but I like that in season one. Why is Wonder Woman the one. president? Because this is yeah. Earth 38, where love reigns supreme. And believe, I'm all about love reigning supreme. Yeah. But like. And I love a lot of the messages that they put forth. Yeah, but it's got to be entertaining, you know. It's got to like keep me engaged. Sure. And and it, it was the only one of the shows this year where I was not super invested. Yeah, fair. I yeah. totally get that. And I just I, the whole story of the Daxamites and the Kryptonians, I think, was supposed to be some sort of like Democrats and Republicans thing about like fi- finding oh, ways to like cross political lines and like you're uh, raised to dislike each other, but you can actually get along. Uh, and there's good stuff there. Interesting. I didn't take it that way at all. Hmm. I really took it as good versus evil, hmm. but that like the good guys also should be known to do bad things. Like Krypton is responsible for the destruction of Daxamite, you know? Right. Kry- I thought like Krypton, Krypton is- was like the bleeding heart liberals. Oh, interesting. Who, you know, who think they're better than the partying Daxamites. Right. You know, I mean, it wasn't like a direct correlation, but that's what it kind of felt like okay, to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, like liberal versus conservative. So I yeah, I didn't, if I had thought that I would have thought they did a bad job of it. So I, I see, thought they did a bad job of it. Right. So I, I can did, see yeah. if that's what you're reading into it, that you'd be like, Oh, this is, yeah. but yeah, that didn't. And I know that Melissa Benoist and the actor who plays, Monel are married now. I know that they fell in are love they? and got married. Yeah. Oh, well. But I felt like they had no chemistry on screen. Yeah. It just is such a dud to me. I, when, when we have this amazing love story with Alex uh, and this like dud love story with the main character. Yeah. 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 They but, could. And again, all my personal opinions. And I still, I still love that, it, that the show exists and I can't wait to see more of it. But this yeah. season was a slog for me. Yeah, I forget what season three is like, but but part because season four overshadows it so much for me. So mm, I'm curious. I'll be curious to see what happens. Yeah, and like her dad 
like Alex's dad and uh, yeah, their oh, dad comes back. Right, and, right. Oh, then, Dean Kane, and it was like, kind and of then we get Lena Luther. Confu- like that whole story arc with their dad was really confusing. Um, oh, I will tell you this: that it was only this rewatch where I'm like, oh, now I understand. Yeah. Like, so, oh, and I did love that Hank Henshaw became Cyborg, Cyborg Superman. Superman. Yeah, I loved that. I was like waiting for that. That was also cool. like that. They're just like. What's your name? Cyborg Superman. Cool. Yeah. There's no like. I'm Cyborg Superman. Why, it was dumb. Why is he Cyborg? Why? Yeah. Doesn't matter. He's Cyborg Superman. We're in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it the way that I wanted to. Yeah. Fair. Totally fair. Yeah. But you know what I did enjoy is the Leg- way I wanted Legends to. of Tomorrow. Legends of fucking tomorrow. It's, it's my favorite Arrowverse show. It was I sensational. Forg- season two. So Season good. one, when we recently watched it, I was like, Oh, Jesse's not on board with season one, and I get it. Yeah. In rewatching, I'm like, yeah, it isn't the greatest, but knowing what's coming forward, which is season two, yeah, and it's oh yeah, it so, was please, exceptional. Continue. I I just loved it. I mean, it's I enjoyed fun. it so much. It's so fun. It's like they they harnessed like what makes Star Wars fun, yeah, and then just kept it up the whole season, yeah. And I love the character, the character replacements. Like the new characters are much more interesting. Yep. Um, what's his name? The metal face guy, Steel. Steel. What's the what's the character's name? Uh, Hensh Hensh, not Henshaw. Uh, <laughs> Hank is no, that's Hank Henshaw. <laughs> it's not Hank Henshaw, but it's like no. he's the guy. He's the the he's the historian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of like he's I, like. I mean, even though Rip Hunter was still on the show, it felt like he was replacing Rip Hunter. Right. Yeah. And I liked him so much more. He's just a likable guy. He's a likable guy. Yeah. 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 And him, then, and, him and Ray are like charming idiot friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what's, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on people's names today. It's so frustrating. Um, Amaya. Amaya. I yeah. really like Amaya. Yep. And I, I liked Kendra fine, but. Kendra's fine. Yeah. But she kind of like. I really liked her when on on Flash. Yeah, she's great on Flash when she's the when barista. she's the barista. Yeah. But I didn't really like her on Legends of Tomorrow that much. Yeah, and I I totally thought that I saw something with her in it in a later season, but I found it again, and it was just season one, and I was just wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I I didn't mind losing her. I really like Amaya, Nate, yeah. Nate, yes, Nate and Amaya together, so much chemistry. Like when they're like fucking on the battlefield. Haywood, Nate Haywood, Nate, yeah. I had to pull something that happens in a later season. Nice. To get to his last name. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, the whole idea that they're like trying to save the world, but they got to stop to have sex. I just love yes. that. It was so fun. <laughs> um, they just like bouncing all over time, having adventures. Right. Like, and this is where one of the earlier things we had talked about in Arrowverse in general, you're like, oh, time travel stuff. And I'm like, don't even start to think about how time travel works because yeah. you'll be wrong. Yeah. They'll make it up. They'll change it. Yeah. They'll change it in the middle of an episode. And like I said before, like, I I won't care as much if I'm enjoying the show. And, and that happened now. Legends of Tomorrow, it was basically like a big fuck you to anyone that tries to make this make sense. Yeah. And they do put some effort into it. Just, it's just not, enough. Just yeah. enough. But they make that show so goddamn fun. It so is fun. so fun. Yeah. So fun. <laughs> I, I will tell you that I think Legends of Tomorrow season two might have been my favorite of year five. Yeah. I really I, it, enjoyed it. It is for me, definitely. Yeah. And... I love. Uh, I think I gave it like my favorite. Mick last Rory year. is such a fucking fantastic character, yeah. and I hated him for so long. Yeah. I just previously. Are you? Do you guys not understand how this works yet? Yeah, I mean, I I just loved him so much, like him kind of finding 
family with this new crew even right. when he has the option to go back to leonard snart yeah they who, they, they explore like, that alternate timeline shit like this is what i was saying about him before is that the idea of having sort of like the anti-hero or basically he's an anti-villain yeah on the show normally they just do it and then they just kind of ignore it you know they like dr smith it uh, yeah. on the original loss in space where it's like ah just ignore this person's evil antics right but here they really like get into they it they dig into it, especially in the end of the season when they like bring back a version of leonard snart from before he's killed and then he and mcrory kind of like yeah. team up with the bad guys and don't get me fucking started on the axis of evil in this season yes the Demon legion of doom dark, the legion of doom <laughs> don't call it that yeah we, when did we start calling it that yeah. we're not calling it the legion of doom it's damien dark uh my malcolm my, malcolm merlin and eobard thon eobard thon yeah that is a stroke of genius it is just the hammiest Ugh. of the hammy actors i couldn't even believe it it's like uh, my like three villains that i wanted more of you're and gonna they, put them all together they pull it Are you off kidding me and they pull it off it's it was so good. so good yeah and they get to win yeah they get to win and we get to see like a version of that. and then even when the heroes win they kind of like destroy time in the process and right. that's where season two season three is gonna start yeah that's the other thing the legends do is they continually fuck up yeah they're they're a fuck up team and yeah. they like arrow has like oops a bunch of people died we fucked up yeah these get to have it's a more fun kind of like we don't know what we're doing we're just right. figuring it out right and then uh sarah lance being captain really really made the show click for me i like it and then they have a tension between With her and rip, her yeah. and rip later when, yeah. they, when rip gets his memories back yeah they did that crazy episode where george lucas yes like doesn't make star wars <laughs> doesn't make star wars and then so Ray and Nate forget all their science knowledge because yeah. they were never inspired to yeah. go into science man and um, while they're doing that rip hunter who's lost his memory oh yeah is he's making the, the legends of tomorrow as a movie oh. as a movie yeah it's just great it's like you know what I love about it? It's like, it seems like the writers are just saying, okay, we have this palette of yeah. characters and time travel. What is the most fun thing we could do? What can it? we do? Like, what, it, yeah. what have we always wanted to make? What's yeah. the most fun version of this? Yeah. And then they kind of put that into the characters. Like, Ray's like, I've always wanted to be a knight in Camelot. So let's let's go to Camelot and like have this so crazy Camelot 3000 about, episode. So that, right. But that Camelot 3000 is a DC comic. Is it? Oh, that's, that's so cool. But the, I believe Camelot 3000 is about a version of Camelot in the year 3000 yeah where this they do a dual episode that takes place a little bit in the year 3000 but then is about camelot old school camelot right so yeah I love but they it. get to call the episode camelot 3000 yeah which is a reference to a dc comic yeah i mean i love the idea of adapting something by doing something new in the spirit of it yeah like watchmen is a perfect example yes. of that uh and yeah i mean I, all of my complaints about Legends of Tomorrow in season one were all fixed in season Absolutely, two. Absolutely, yeah, like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I just enjoyed the ride the whole time. Yep. The Justice Society America was super so, fun. So fun. So cool. Oh, yep. man, that's another thing that happened. I keep snapping. What's wrong? <laughs> um, so I... <laughs> There was two times where I fucked up my own viewing experience oh, in a sure. way that like made it more interesting. Okay. The first was when I thought that the season finale of Arrow had already happened yourself, and they're yeah. just ending on bringing Deathstroke back, which is enough for me because I yeah. love Deathstroke so much. Right. The other was um, I, uh, I was like having a really bad headache. So I turned down the, the brightness on my TV and something of like something about it. <laughs> 
<laughs> the like the brightness on my TV works in a really weird way where yeah. like most things are still super bright, so I had to turn it way down. Yeah. But then when they meet the Justice Society and he casts dark on everyone, <laughs> I could see almost nothing except for like like flashes of light and people. And I'm like, this is the craziest creative decision <laughs> I've ever seen. Like you can't even tell what's happening. Right. And I was so enthralled by it. And then I realized that my TV was really dark and I turned it back up and that wasn't what happened at all. You can see everything. But it was this crazy moment where I'm like, this is fucking batshit crazy. I was probably pretty stoned when I was watching. I'm like, this is an insane (laughs) choice and I love it. Uh, But then I rewatched it again. I'm like, oh, it's still really cool. Still good. Still good. That's when you meet Amaya and she's got all of the... um, the the powers the vixen, vixen powers. powers right because this is this is vixen's grandmother yeah and that was a really cool storyline about like i've met your daughter right your daughter or your granddaughter she needs to exist yeah like i don't was it granddaughter or daughter i don't even remember granddaughter okay and yep. like your village is going to be destroyed right and, i mean going to that whole story like do you choose to continue to travel with these she people? left the timeline in 40 something right and is now with the legends right popping around everywhere and and like logically needs to go back into the timeline to finish out right. right and i love i love that shit in this season like uh uh what's what's uh professor stein yes. has a daughter now right, right because right. he's fucked with his own timeline right. who's by, an aberration yeah his daughter's an aberration but he can't do anything about it because he loves her he doesn't want to all these right. memories are like flooding his mind yeah and that duality was so interesting and you know this is the type of sci-fi shit that i love yeah like what what would happen if you were charged with protecting the timeline but you accidentally created your own daughter and you right. love her like right. you, what would you do you'd probably let her continue to exist right but then there's also people like uh Jacks, whose father died and who he right. isn't supposed to help. Right. And Sarah, who has right. lots of death, you know. Right. Sarah, like wanting to kill Damien Dark in the past and right. deciding not to. Rip, who never gets to save his family. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a- acknowledging those contradictions. Right. But then and, like, Stein, gets, reveling the, in Stein gets a new daughter. <laughs> right. Totally. And then, yeah, it's just really great. And like Sarah being in charge just feels so much better. It's a good Rip, use of her character, too. Yeah. Rip is such a fucking stick in the mud. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that they use him that way this time. I mean, when he's like stuck on the ship for for like years, when it's like shrunken down on the desk of the Legion right, of Doom, right. it was fantastic. Yeah. He's just making cakes. Yeah. I mean, this the whole season was just chock full of these wonderful comic book moments yeah. that I just adored. I mean, I, I loved probably every episode of the season. Yeah. I was shocked by how much I liked it. Yeah. I was thrilled by how much I liked it. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Mick Rory might be my favorite character. There's, I mean, of, of all of it. I've said that about Alex. Yeah. that's. Uh, but Mick I'm, is up there for me, too. Yeah. I really like Mick. I really like what they do with him. Yeah. Uh, as soon as he became Kronos, like yeah. that's, they flipped the switch and made his character infinitely better. And that still comes up from time to time is when they'll be sure. like, oh, right. Mick knows stuff. Yeah. He knows so much. Like <laughs> yeah. he's used Kronos for what? 800 years or something? Yeah. <laughs> and also like they kind of played up like Mick is a dummy. Yeah. Which he'll let people call him up to a point and then he'll get pissed off you know and i also like that sometimes he pretend i think they're trying to make it like he's pretending to be dumb because what he mostly wants to do is to drink beer and burn stuff yeah and helping people is fine and the time travel is fun and sometimes he gets to go to chaotic periods yeah but i think sometimes the idea is that he's playing dumb to get out of having to deal with any kind of work on the ship yeah i i'm starting to think of him as not dumb, but he just doesn't give a shit about... Doesn't care. He's very nihilistic. Yeah, he, he cares about what he cares about and not about the other shit at all. Yeah. And I like that. I mean, 
I'm I'm shocked how much I like his character because I really was bummed when I found out he was on Legends of Tomorrow because right. I was so uninterested in him from Flash. Right. So he's nothing on Flash. Yeah, and he's just like cookie cutter villain of the week. Yeah, but he's really interesting on yeah. Legends. And it's funny because like I really liked Leonard by the end of season one. I like Captain Cold, but I didn't yeah. like him at all either at first. But I really yeah. came to like him. Yeah, and, and that's then, the, that's the power of that actor. I think he's just such a compelling, dynamic actor. When, yeah, when maybe. Worth- I Wentworth Miller, yeah. yeah. I mean, but it was interesting because like he dies in season one, and I didn't think he was actually dead, but it turns out he is dead. Yeah, and they bring him back in a couple of ways throughout the season. Right. But I ended up really, I I mean, I really liked that they brought him back, but like liked that he was then killed again. Yes. You know, I I really liked that. I I like Mick Rory without Leonard Snart better. Yeah, yeah it it works better. Yeah. Man, and they just did such a good job of kind of balancing out all the character interactions and giving everyone something to do. And um, I, I mean, I think that show still has a little bit of a representation issue, but it's getting better. And yes, putting a woman in charge helped tremendously. Right, and that's that was one of your complaints about that for season one. And I yeah. was like, they do start to address it over time. Yeah, just in the same way that Arrow yeah. has been slowly addressing it over time. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wish that they would do a better job of it out of the gates, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think Arrowverse overall has a representation issue in the early seasons for sure. Right, but now they've got like you know they have more people of color. They've right. got. Uh, uh, Curtis, who has a loving homosexual relationship with right. his husband. And it's not just like having people of color. It's like spending time with them, learning their stories, learning their life, seeing... Having their... them have complete lives. Yeah, right. and then they have a sense of culture about them, which right. is really important. And yeah, I mean, I, they're really, really getting better. It's really it's really exciting. I'm stoked. Yeah. Um, do you want to take a quick break and uh, and we'll get into Flash? Sure. I gotta I'm gonna get a little snack. We'll be back okay. in a couple minutes. Science fiction Flash ah! <laughs> We're back. Uh before we get to Flash, just one more thing I want to say about Legends of Tomorrow. Yes. Okay, so the whole basic premise of the season was like the Legion of Doom is trying to get the Spear of Destiny. Right. Which and we're is trying a to like Christian fictional artifact. Yeah. So it had this like uh uh Raiders of the Lost Ark vibe. Or I guess more specifically Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade vibe, right? But they don't they explicitly like do yeah a, a reference to that. And the George Lucas episode with yes. the Star Wars thing, it's called uh, Raiders of the Lost Art or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they basically like combined all of my favorite shit, which is like yes. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and time travel. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then so they're trying to track down these pieces, and the Legion of Doom actually gets it and wins. Right. And then, like with Mick Rory's help, they remake the world. They remake the entire right. reality, yep. which was super cool. Um, and then we get to see this like bad reality where no one of the legends remember who they are, and they right. all start to get their memories back. And those episodes were incredible. Just <laughs> they, like everyone punches Rory. Yeah, I loved the it. Next I person loved that it. punches me. Yeah, and like him, kind of. It, it took him going that far to realize what these people actually mean to him. Yeah. And then he like kind of comes back to them and yeah, but we don't even know like if if they win or not, right? So I don't know. I just like the story almost didn't matter because the ride was so fun. Yes, and that's that's what I want from this show. And, and that's the essence of, of Legends of Tomorrow. Is that I feel like it is so fun that even sometimes when you're like, oh wow, they are really trying my tolerance here, aren't they? But it is. <laughs> Just ultimately, it is still such a fun show. Yeah. And they, I feel like they do. I feel like they start to get real ballsy where they're like, 
oh yeah, you guys are still on board with it? What if we get like super meta? What if we get <laughs> super, super weird, you know? Yeah. And they did that some like really powerful moments. I mean, yeah. you know, Jack's like meeting all those slaves was really right. powerful. And that's what Legends is the one exception to that Arrowverse thing I was saying mm-hmm. before where Supergirl really just like explicitly addresses it in a way that they don't on the other ones. Legends does off and on, you know? Yeah. So I guess this world is still racist, unfortunately. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, God, I just don't have enough good things to say about it. And I almost, it's one of those things where I feel like talking through it is less exciting than just go watch it. You have to so just fun. experience the you legends. Do. It's yeah. a hard, it's a hard one to describe because yeah. it's also the one that's the least mapped to existing comic material. Mm, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It really is just like a free form yeah. Jazz exploration of it's, it's like a dumping ground of like everyone that they liked from the other shows. Yeah. yeah. To the point where they explicitly do that when they bring um Constantine in, mm-hmm. you know, where that's oh, like Oh, that's right. Cuz and I'm like that's a spoiler. I knew for, that, but I forgot. But you, you knew that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I knew. We're that. like talk about a dumping ground like right. here's some poor bastard who was oh, that's part of this cool. universe for a show that was canceled. Yeah, cuz I know that Ray leaves the show eventually. And to be honest, like I'm okay with that. I like Ray, but yeah. he's not my favorite thing about the show, although I will say that like he was st- like stuck in the Jurassic area for a while, yes, and it was just kind of a throwaway thing. It's like, how did he survive here? That doesn't make sense. But then they go back later they in the season, show, yeah, and he's got this like hut, and he's like covered it in dino pee. Yeah, he's like he's got some sciencey like you yeah. know nature survival skills. I just loved it, right? And then he's named one of the dinosaurs, and he right. has some knowledge of the stuff. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, and also. This will be a thing if you ever do go back and watch Arrowverse now, when they first introduce Ray Palmer, because hmm. like he has he's a very different person, yeah, than what you remember. Because yeah. if you when he first comes in, he's like arrogant and confident and, and cocky and yeah. suave, yeah, yeah, and kind of a dick, yeah, yeah. And now he's just like a goofy guy, yeah, haircut, <laughs> yeah, and he he kind of like they kind of break him right at the beginning of legends yes where it's like his confidence is just completely shot and he's kind of rebuilt yep which is interesting and you know they do they're doing something so similar on flash oh yeah um so let's get into flash Flash. because my big disappointment with flash up until season three has been why is barry allen such a sullen little jerk sure he's just not because his mom was killed well, he was so much fun when he was introduced on Arrow. Yes. And like that's the version of Barry Allen that I had in my head from the comics that I'm like, right. oh wow, they're doing that. That's so cool. But then he very quickly like gets weighed down by the the weight of being a hero yes. and gets really like angsty in a way that's almost like bad Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And and it's really just kind of feels like a bummer. Yeah, and he's kind of a bummer in the way that like, oh, he's like lawful good. In yeah. a way that being lawful good is a bummer. You're just like, you're kind of a buzzkill. Yeah. But you know what was so cool was that like that like that was at the core of season three right. in a way that actually drove the story. Yes. And was fucking fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Season three of Flash was awesome. Yeah. I was really, so into it. It's also an interesting, not as deep as season five Arrow, but where the psychology of the character yeah. starts to get explored yeah. and drive the arc of the season forward. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And like and it made it work for me that he was like this sullen little jerk because yeah. all of a sudden like 
we're, we're examining that. Like, why is he this way? It's why because he he's got this like incredible power and he feels this insane responsibility and it's crushing him. Yeah. And it's making him into this angsty person. And like, how can he live this way? And then on top of that, he sees a version of the future where the woman that he loves is killed and yeah. all he wants is to change it. Right. And like going down all these different paths to try to change the inevitable. Yeah. With the, with the inevitability of it, like crushing you. Right. And weighing down everything. Um, and then, like, finally getting there and then paying it off in a way that was so different than I ever could have imagined. Yeah, they really come out of nowhere with it. Yeah. I loved it. And I mean, then like, also, I, yeah. they do such, because this is another bold move they make where they keep reintroducing new HRs. Yeah. Uh, uh, new Harrison Wells. New Harrison yeah. Wells. Yes. So this is the, the third Harrison Wells. And this one is like, a goofy yeah. fuck up who was like, no one really likes him. He's like a try hard doofus. Yeah. And, uh, they give him a hell of a like arc. Oh. He gets a really interesting yeah. arc o- overall where finally he's like beloved and found joy and acceptance and found love, found love. And they kill him. Yeah. And it hurts. And it hurts. It they, hurts. They made us love this doofus version yeah. of Harrison Wells. And that actor, that's Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they're really like, whatever this guy wants to do, we'll let him do. Yeah, it's like, what what characters do you have? We'll write a whole season around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I adored HR. I thought that that character was fantastic. He gets, he gets super likable. For, I did not like him my first watch of season yeah. three. I really loved him. I loved him the whole time. time. Yeah. I, I was, there was times where I questioned his characterization. Yeah. Like no one carries drumsticks around like that. I like but, it though, because he even goes and looks for them yeah. when he doesn't have them. Yeah. And you know, I think I'm a musician. I'm a drummer. Like right. I, but he's not I a drummer. Drummers. He's just yeah. like a fidgety. He's just like, right. Right. Drumsticks is going to bang on stuff. Right. It, yeah. He's so in, like, he's all about affectation. Yeah. 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 And in a way that like, I just, enjoyed watching so much that I didn't really care if it was realistic. Oh yeah. I love this time. I really loved it. And I love the little touches of like, who wants a coffee? You want a coffee? I know he just he loves just, coffee so and, much because there's no coffee. On there's his no earth. coffee on his earth. He's yeah. basically like a coffee junkie. Right. On earth one. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, and then he's a up. fraud that he's not right. a smart person. He's not even a scientist. Yeah. But, but something about him he is still crucial to he the team. He has emotional intelligence. He has insights that yes. that are necessary. And we don't need a scientist anymore because Cisco right. has become so fucking smart. And sometimes he just says things that are like, oh, well, what if you did? Like, he's just is describing the problem in simplistic terms. Yeah. But he also, but it's also what he does. Like, well, let's just open up this as a museum. How are we going to do it? <laughs> I would just be open as a museum. Like there's no, the details are irrelevant. Right. He's a big idea guy. Right. Yeah. Oh man. I, it was so effective. And the fact that he had that like face changing thing so he could go out in public and not look like Harrison Wells. Right. Who everyone which thought was set to up be, so early in the season. It's just there, right? It's not yeah. a cheat. They have it. They have it. And they, and that's how they, that's how Barry sees, uh, What's I can't believe I ever got our name all of a sudden. Iris. Iris. Yeah. Yeah. We I we finished watching these like a month ago and we had a hard time scheduling this recording, yeah. so all the names are like fading because I've watched Drifting. so much Love Island in between, ah. and I'm not embarrassed. A little embarrassed. But, yeah. <laughs> I watched that. I watched Watchmen. I watched like a bunch of shit. Yeah. I watched Watchmen. I watched Lost in Space. I haven't seen that yet. I'm I gonna... watched a bunch of Star Trek. I watched The Mandalorian several times. Watched Mandalorian. Watched Star Wars. Yeah. 
I subscribed for DC streaming because I would. Oh, do, you did because I want to watch Titans. Yeah, I Titans watch looks good and Doom Patrol. So I want to see Swamp Thing. Yeah, I so I got I finally crossed the line. I was like, all right, I'll yeah, give you. I feel like I'm getting free Arrowverse that I love, <laughs> so I'm like, fine, DC, you can have my dumb money well, free because you pay for Netflix. Uh, no, see, like CW app. Oh, you. Oh, I can't watch on that shit. It's so horrible. Yeah, and then I mean, I do watch it on Netflix, but. I'm watching new ones on the CW app. Right. So. The old ones are on Netflix and new ones are on okay, Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I gotcha. Which I mean, yes, I do pay for Netflix. So, right. I mean, but that's it feels free because you have to have it. <laughs> it feels free because I have to have it. Yeah. Um, we haven't even talked about Flashpoint. Yes. Which is, I mean, the whole season kicks off with such a bang with Flashpoint. Yes. Because finally, it's what are the consequences of Barry doing this thing that he knows he can do? And everyone tells him not to do, but he yeah. really wants to do, which right. is go back in time save and his save mom. his mom. Yeah. And at first it was like, he doesn't, he can't travel in time. Oh, no. Now he can control it enough. Well, he's not strong enough to beat Eobard Tharn, reverse flash. Nope. Now he knows how to travel in time specifically. Now he knows he's strong enough to beat Eobard Thawne. So right. what does he do if he does it? Right. And he fucking breaks the world. Right. Just so he can have his happy family. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, and that was all part of him being this, like, sullen, angsty, you know, person. Right. Where he, like, just does this incredibly selfish thing. Super selfish, right. I mean, I've, you know, I've had problems with his characterization the whole time. Yeah. And I feel like this season, they're like, yeah, we know. We know. We did we it on it. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and that's how Flashpoint happens. And yeah. honestly, like, it works. Like, if you're, it, it because does. they know that they're going to build the Flashpoint. Right. Flashpoint is like one of those massive things in the it's DC a huge continuity. DC, right. It's like, like crisis for DC in general. Absolutely. Like, we know this exists. Right. And it's to like, the point if you're where Flash a, season one talks about the crisis where Barry right. disappears. Right. So Flashpoint is a similar right. huge event that, that they, they know they're going to address. Right. And I'm sure that like, they know when they start making a flash show, we're going to do flashpoint. Right. Or we so want how to, do we, we get, it. how do we get a character? Cause you, in a comic book, it's a little bit easier to like kind of fudge character motivations mm-hmm. to make these big things happen. But in a TV show, you have to like really sell it. So if it they're works working better, backwards, if it comes honestly, yeah. yeah. If they're working backwards from like, how do we get to the point where Barry would actually break time like this? Right. Him being a little bit of like a selfish uh, person yeah. is necessary. Well, in losing his dad, yeah. you know, I think yeah. that is what pushes him over where it's like, lost my mom. Now I lost my dad, you yeah. know? Yeah. But also like the, like Joe every once in a while comes in there like, well, what am I fucking nothing? I know. You know? I know. It's so well, good. Also, I, I would Joe. love a super cut of uh, that. Who's that actor that plays Joe? Uh, I don't remember his name. Because uh, he's from uh, Law and Order. Right. Uh, but a supercut of him being uh, like non-toxic masculinity, uh, being like loving and weeping towards uh, his son. He's so good. He's so good. He, he does it so well. He's an incredible TV dad. Yeah. Incre- maybe the best TV yeah, it's dad. A, he's a really wonderful role model. Yeah, absolutely. He's like Captain Picard level role model. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like the choice to kind of write off that relationship that he has with Joe by resetting time yeah. to get his parents back. Yep. And then like holding Eobard Thon captive. Yeah. And then the alternate versions of the team. I liked all of the alternate versions better. I'm like, give me this show. This would be a I good like show. This Cisco yeah. is amazing. Like tech bro Cisco. Yeah. Give me that show. Uh, yeah. I would watch a flashpoint 
just a Flashpoint show. I was disappointed when they when they undid Flashpoint so quickly because yeah. I was enjoying it so much. And yeah. that's like you know you know how I've been feeling about the Flash, like pretty lukewarm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, it started off with such a bang for me, and then we meet Savitar, which is this like crazy metal monster, right? Because even so, we'll, we'll back up a slight bit. Eventually, he undoes Flashpoint. Right. He goes back, because Flashpoint, things had changed drastically. Right. And He tries to undo Flashpoint. Right. And he he gets close. He goes back, he lets his mom die. Yeah. Which is a a very, like, literal acceptance of his mother's death. Right. Literally, like, I tried to stop it. I did stop it. I realized I'm not supposed to do that. I go back, I undo it. Yeah. Let my mom die. I'm going to reset the world back to what for us would have been season one, season two. But like you're saying, he's not, it's not perfect. It's not possible anymore. And he learns that from, from uh, what's his name? His dad's doppelganger. Uh, Jay Garrick. Yeah. The real Jay Garrick. Yeah. Or three flash. Yeah. Uh, Which was so interesting. It's like, we'll reset time, but it's not going to be quite right. It's a little fucked up. And then that resonates through all of the shows. Like John Diggle now has a son instead instead of a daughter. daughter. Right. Which is, yeah. (laughs) And and that's like Connor Hawk, right? Is that his name? It's actually John Diggle Jr. I mean, right, but he he takes the name of Connor Hawk when he becomes in the one, Green Arrow in the alternate version of the future that right. we saw in the season prior on Legends of Tomorrow, right. where that John like Diggle a, had a son. Twenty forty nine. Yeah, Star like City. that. Because like we know that that character's name was John Diggle Jr., but we also know that like one of the future Green Arrows in the comics was Connor, Connor Hawk, Hawk or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And and like when did John Diggle have a son? Well, it turns out that he never had a daughter; he had a son right. instead. That is so cool. Yeah. That is so it's cool. Crazy. Like the the story threads of that are so interesting. It's yeah. so amazing. Um, and then um, Snow changes. I think um, Caitlin. Yeah, Caitlin Snow. And then we get Julian. Julian, who's like a new character who yeah. everyone knows, who apparently has just been working with Barry. Yeah, Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. Um, yeah. God damn, he's good. Yeah. That. that I love Julian. Like that's one of those characters where he's just so despicable. Yeah. That you just really you just don't hate. really don't like him. Right. And then you just kind of. Like, you kind of have to accept him, and then you just start to really love him, yeah. and you don't know why, because he's still despicable. Yeah, and then you also feel bad for him, because he yeah. ultimately is getting manipulated. Right, by Savitar. Right, unknowing, you know. Who, who ends up being Barry fucking Allen? Barry, like, right. It is crazy. Yeah. I love it. And also- the, Oh, that Savitar reveal. I mean, they telegraphed it so hard, I knew it was coming, Like, and I was just thrilled when it happened. Yeah, and to the point where if you rewatch the season- Savitar early on is like, I am the future Flash. Yeah. Right. 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 I am right. the future, comma, Flash. Right. No, I am the future Flash. Right. Yeah. They did a great right. job. So with then, that. yeah. So, meaning he's Barry Allen in the sense that he's a time remnant right. that Flash had created right. and then was left there and was not right it's something that happened in the future that we don't even see because it doesn't wind up happening right because they undo it goddamn cool well this is what i said to you is like when you think about it flash season one already is the result of a second run through of the timeline because eobard thawne has gone back in time to kill flash's mom yeah but that implies a version of Barry Allen, where it doesn't happen. Right. The one that was the original enemy of Eobard Thawne. Right. That's right, interesting. Right, I hadn't thought about that. we never see that that's, that's yeah. just an implied... Yeah. And, you know, we saw a time remnant at the end of season two, so we understand it. We understand time remnants. Which right. was really clever. And, and they, they showed that in the flashback, so I got it. it. Right. And they go into it explicitly in Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Because Eobard Thawne is a time remnant to the point where he can only show up for a few minutes... Because he's like chasing, he's running away from his own death. 
Which be- was so well, cool. He's running away from a time wraith. Right. Who is Zoom, who is like the black black flash. Because uh, when Zoom gets defeated, he gets turned into a time oh, wraith. So they, I didn't I didn't catch that. Yeah. So this he's like the dark flash. Okay. He's now just this time wraith, and time wraiths go. That's why he was wearing a flash outfit. I'm like, why why do all flashes wear the same outfit? Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's why he's got he's got the Zoom. Oh, cool. I like that. And then that's why Eobard Thawne in Legends of Tomorrow can only show up and like yeah. commiserate for a few minutes. Then he has to split to go through the time force and go somewhere else right. because otherwise a time wraith will catch up with him and kill him. Which still doesn't make sense because we saw him disintegrate. Saw who disintegrate? Eobard Thawne. When they, like, when they erased his ancestor. So, right, but that what they're saying is that there are time remnants from before that. That Eobard Thawne had created oh, time remnants I, of I missed that entirely. Yeah. It's also, again, loosey-goosey with time right. travel stuff. I missed that entirely, and I didn't care because I'm so happy he was there. Yes. You know? But when you rewatch it, thinking about that, you'd be like, oh, there's like a plot line yeah. of how Eobard Thawne exists. Wow. And why does he only show up and then leave real quick? Yeah. And why, like, Flash shows... Or, you know, was, it, or was it the Eobard Thawne that Barry had in a cage because he reset the timeline? Is that the one that... Is then fucking around with the Legion of Doom? Oh, maybe it could be. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if, but again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it's really like, matter. It doesn't matter. It, it works. It's yeah, fun. It's it's totally fun. Yeah. yeah, and again, like deconstructing Barry Allen. Like, how can we turn him into the villain? Right. They did such a good job. They did yeah. such a good job. Yep. And all the things that I disliked about Barry are what turned him into Savitar. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. That is great storytelling. Yep. So yeah, so then it's a time remnant of Barry yeah. who then gets angry at everybody and then wants to get revenge basically against the team and himself yeah. for being this time remnant. They all, in his version of the world, treat like a second class citizen and don't want to have right. around. And so right. he travels back way back in time, and that's when he becomes Savitar. Yeah, yeah, he like goes back to. The beginning of time. The, I don't. It's unclear. It's a little right, but he makes himself. But he a becomes speed a god. god. Yeah, yeah. Basically, well, by he like, calls himself a god. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like the memory of loving Iris is still there, but it's yeah. very, very it's faint. Tainted. Yeah. yeah. But it's also tainted with the idea that when he his eventual he remembers loving Iris, then he basically becomes this time remnant, yeah. and now there's another guy who is the real one. Who gets to love Iris? Yeah. You know what I mean. Like I can see that as being a bitter kind of thing. Oh, for sure. It's like if you're going about your life and suddenly you do something, you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna split myself in two to do this heroic thing." Yeah. It's like, oh, but now I'm the one that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well. Yeah, because the last time he did it, that we saw the remnant was killed. Right. In the fight. Right. But at some point, he like at some point he just makes a bunch of them, and one of them lives, and then right. goes on to become Savitar, and it. Yep. I just I just really loved it because it it acknowledged everything that had been bothering me and like built on it and yeah. that just felt so self aware to me yeah like and this the story is, felt so self aware of its own character and these were some of the things that I had said to you about the shows beforehand where you had some complaints right which are legitimate but I was saying like there's a lot of stuff that they do wind up addressing yeah in for future sure. seasons absolutely which if you go back and rewatch them makes those earlier seasons more enjoyable. Because even though it's still bothersome, mm, right, you're like, for no, sure. I know they take care of this. Yeah, it's the unawareness that bothers me. Mm-hmm. It's like, are they unaware of the fact that they're just like imprisoning these people in the the particle right. accelerator and like? But they still they they still keep doing it. They still yeah. keep the Flash. Still never. They do talk about it a little bit, right? But they still. Yeah, but but we now know that like our hero 
is not as heroic as yes, absolutely as we think. Right. He, and he is deeply flawed to the point where he turns into Savitar. Yep. So it makes all of their bad decisions a little hard, easier to swallow because right. the show knows that they are not as heroic as as they think they are. Yep, 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 yep. yep. And I mean, Caitlin's relationship with Julian was great. Yeah. Caitlin trying to resist becoming Killer Frost was right. great. Um, God. Grod was great. Yeah, it's a good return to Grod. Yeah, like going to Gorilla City was awesome. Yep, or to Gorilla City. Um, but for me, like it really came down to the emotional punch of the end of the season was yeah. amazing. Yeah, and just like focused around losing HR because they're telling you you're going to lose Iris all season, but we end up losing HR instead. Right, and it, and it fucking hurts. Yeah. Um, HR sacrifices himself to do that. Right. Again, after finding love and happiness with right. that other woman who's, who's great. I love knowledge. Yeah. I love that actress. She was yeah. on house. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I've seen her in a couple things. I was stoked to see her in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love when stories just like feel right. Yeah. You know, something like cosmic and crazy just wraps up in a way that just punches you in the gut. Like yeah. that's what I want. And yep. I did it. And yep. it was fucking exciting. Yeah. They stuck to the landing, which yeah. is, I often don't expect it from this type of teen angst genre fiction right. show. I'm like, you're going to fuck up the ending and that's fine. Cause I'm not watching you for like a tight ending. I'm not yeah. watching you for you to like wrap it up well and honestly, right. but they did. And that makes it yeah. even better. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause like, I mean, Legends of Tomorrow, episode by episode, was my favorite. Right. But Flash, the way it started and the way it ended, yeah. was much more powerful. Legends is something where you could almost talk about each episode. There's so Absolutely. much that happens. And Flash, like the season itself. It's worth talking about, not individual right. episode by Absolutely. episode. Absolutely. And that's yeah. the thing is, like, I don't know which one I like more. Right. Because there, like were, different there were a couple sleepers in Flash. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I don't like the relationship between Barry and Iris. It's just yeah, their, their love, their couples are getting so saccharine, like on, on across all the shows. It's also a little force where it's just like they love each other because they love each other, you right? Know? Also, that they never talk about them the growing brother and up sister. and being brother yeah. and sister. It's just so weird yeah. and a little unsettling, and um, yeah, and like the way that he kind of like keeps information from her and from Joe, the way they hide from Joe that Iris is going to die. Like, yeah, they still keep because again, this it is feels like icky. It's the it's them keeping secrets and them solving secrets. Right. They still are doing the secret keeping. Right. Like and, no yeah. one learns the lesson. And on top of that, like Cisco's brother was killed in Flashpoint. Right. Which no, in the fix of Flashpoint. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. Like the resetting the timeline. Cisco's brother is no longer alive, and right. like. And that's kind of Barry's fault. Right. And that puts a rift between them. Yep. You know, the the complex relationships on Flash were really, really great this year. Um, and I mean, by far, by far the best season they've done. Yes. I, it's a very strong season. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was actually like pretty damn surprised that it was so good. And I've been liking Flash, but not loving it and kind yep. of like bothered by it in a lot of ways and annoyed right. by it in a lot of ways. And, and I always like Flash more than Arrow because I like true superpowers i like mm. real you know magics yeah. and i just want like emotionally resonant storytelling and that to flash, me is gravy i'll take it if they flash it. wasn't doing that for me right. until now yeah but they but they knocked it out of the park yeah. i mean maybe the most emotionally resonant story so far in the whole arrowverse was this whole savitar yeah I, Iris, I, I, yeah hr for sure. death thing man yeah i just really loved it yep i could agree with you there Whew. yeah so i so let's rate these seasons yeah I think that I think I'm going to put Legends of Tomorrow as my number one. Yeah, me too. And I think I'm going to put Flash as my number two. 
It's I'm torn, but yeah, I I'm actually torn between it and Supergirl, which was not really yeah. But again, I'm having a newfound appreciation for Supergirl. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna go Flash, and then I'm going Arrow, and then I'm going Supergirl. I think I'll go Supergirl three, and then I'll go Arrow four. Mm-hmm. But that's also almost arbitrary because I really liked both of them, and I did really like the team building Arrow. You know, yeah. I think Legends of Wild for me is like a nine point five out of ten. At, oh, and if Arrow not, is like eleven point five. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I love Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Legends I think of- rewatching it, it might even be a 10 out of 10. It's just like yeah. coming out of the season I didn't like. I, right. There was some adjustment to be made. So Legends is one of those shows where I watch it. And I'm just like, oh, no. Yeah. Holy. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah totally. Right. And I was thinking about this during the rewatch where I'm like, we're getting up to Legends. And I'm like, yeah, we do a whole season. And we talk about a whole season. I'm like, Legends, is sh- there's just, we haven't scratched the surface of what yeah. happens on Legends. <laughs> yeah. Because every episode is usually just like bananas and packed with jokes and references and like strange things. It's just, yeah, it's super intense. Yeah. And very dense as yeah. a show. How would you rate Arrow this year? Uh probably close to you it's like a nine you know it's i mean or maybe eight and a half um i'm I'm going like six and a half on arrow oh really even though i loved how it wrapped up like it ended for me at like a nine yeah but there was so much of the season that was so like annoying yeah it's fine it's fair i mean it's what i didn't like about arrow was the like how like abusive he is to his team and that's like his team building stuff and i feel like arrow falls into the trap a lot of repeating their message where they're like, right. you know, Oh, uh, uh, Oliver is kind of like really standoffish and secretive about stuff. And he shouldn't be. And then he learns his lesson. And then he like, does it again. That season's like, Oh, Arrow, yeah. Oliver is really standoffish and secretive or, Oh, Arrow is really hard on the team for no reason. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't do that. Boom. Next episode, Arrow's Does being really hard on the team for no reason. Like, oh, we got it. Yeah. Teach the lesson like, once. Why is he using Bratva training techniques to teach his team? Yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, I, it's but I still felt, love, I still, I still love it. They're building yeah. a superhero team. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. It, it was what, terrific with T balls. <laughs> spheres. They're spheres. T spheres. Yeah. Those were really cool. Yeah. I really like that. And I'm, so stoked about how it ended and so stoked to watch the next season. Yeah. But I, I have to weigh how much I didn't like parts of it right. in oh, my rating. Uh, I'll ask you like a mystery question. Yeah. What do you think they're going to do now for season six? Because they've done flashback, flashback each a year ago. Yeah. And then jumping forward a year each season. Man, I am so, so now, excited to now find out. Now we're in year six where they... Yeah. What do you think they'll do yeah, with Yeah, that's the, a great question. S- with the... B story, a uh, season. Yeah, I mean, B story. Well, so what are the options here? They could pull a lost and do some flash forwards. Yep, they could pull a lost and and do some flash sideways. Right, <laughs> fucking right. nonsense that right. doesn't matter. Um, they could do the backstory of other characters. Right, they could. They could have the characters be separated, where Oliver goes back to Star City and Felicity and everyone else who was on the island that we think was killed is actually stuck in a bunker on the island somewhere right. or something and maybe you know we see those two stories yeah um i know what they do so i know I, you know i can't even participate yeah. but I'm i thought thinking. it'd be interesting for you to think about explicitly. yeah yeah totally no it's really interesting but like what do i think they're going to do yeah i really don't know okay cool. I, it's fun my guess is that they're my guess is that they're gonna do away with the flashback and do like 
two stories that interweave with each other in present time. That would be my okay. guess. Okay. Um, but I hope to be surprised. Yeah. 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 Um, and Supergirl, man, how would you rate Supergirl season two? I, I, Supergirl and Arrow, I, like I said, I'm back and forth between the two of them. They're both like a like an eight and a half, you know. Really? Wow. I, I may be clustering this badly. It's just, but I love Arrowverse stuff so much. Yeah. So it might be an overly inflated uh, score system. You yeah. Know? I'm low on Supergirl. If I gave year. it, if I gave it more room and was more like, all right, let's compare all these seasons. I could probably give you better numbers. Yeah, I'm gonna be harsh and go like four. Yeah, it's again. I did not like Supergirl the first time I watched. Yeah, the Arrowverse stuff. It's only on the rewatch where I'm getting a new appreciation appreci- appreciation for it. And also, what's hilarious to me is that still on the rewatch, I'm still not on board with uh, her sister with with uh, uh, Alex. Alex, yeah. What do you mean? She's. I still just. I, she's kind of like a whiny baby sometimes, and it huh. like drives me nuts. I don't but also, some of this is fed in by overall like knowing other stuff that happens in the future. Yeah, that just makes me like so actively angry. I like that she's so emotional, but at the same time, so good at her job. Yeah, I absolutely. like that. I think that that's a cool juxtaposition where like you can be emotional and be a yeah and be a woman and be a badass i get what i wish is that they would explore her emotions more and have other people talk about them where it just it isn't hmm. like she's she gets short shrift in that sense and it makes it frustrating for me yeah we're like you know uh Kara's emotions when she is being frivolous it is talked about you know when she is being petty it's talked about when she's yeah. the one who's right and she's the one who's the only one who's standing up for love and for yeah. compassion and for caring it's talked about and it's addressed you know mm. yeah so i do like that yeah i'm curious to see what they're going to do with guardian because that felt pretty tacked on to me yeah super tacked on yeah it's like oh we don't have anything for what James do we do, with to do? Yeah. let's make him a superhero it's sort of like when they remembered like oh right this is one of the weak points about superman is jimmy olsen his non-powered friend just hangs around <laughs> i did really like Wynn's girlfriend uh oh yeah the the alien the thief. alien she was yeah. great I was watching this. I was like, Jesse's going to like this because she's like a hot alien that a human gets to have sex Fuck with. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesse's on board. That's the dream. As I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I know Jesse's on board. Yeah. 100%. Keeping it spacey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one thing that I was going to tell you earlier, I was like, oh, I forgot about it during the break. One of my favorite moments of all of season, of all of year five, is during the crossover event, uh, they all decide to have an impromptu headquarters. And the headquarters is like that, that hanger, hanger. Yeah. that looks like the Hall of Justice from the Super Friends cartoon. Oh, does it? It does. That's and the great. reason it does is because the Hall of Justice from the Super Friends cartoon is based on an actual building in like Cincinnati, Ohio, that is what they use <laughs> really? for the exterior shots Whoa. with some cgi to to make it look more like the hall of justice that's so cool so it's that that to me is like such a sweet deep cut you know like look we're doing like super friends i think they even say super friends yeah during the episode you know and then uh let's have them at the hall of justice just like on the cartoon yeah so anyways that was uh one of my favorite moments so cool 
I have one last question. And then we should, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. How would we rate Arrowverse year five as a whole? As a whole? That's tough. It's, it's, it's in my top five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Overall, it might be one of my favorite years because I love Legends of Tomorrow so much. Mm -hmm. So getting Legends of Tomorrow, getting like a big crossover, you know, as of, so far, it makes it one of my favorite years. Yeah. So it's got to be first, second year. Um, year three might be a, a higher year. Or you if know? you had to like put a number one to ten on it, what would you give it? What would I give it? It's like a solid nine, man. I love yeah. this. Yeah, I think overall it's like an eight for me. Yeah. Um, it, like the stuff that weighed it down, we've talked about, but the stuff that lifted it up was powerful yeah and i don't know if you remember i've been saying it since our first podcast about arrowverse is that one thing you'll find is that as seasons go on the stuff you like and the stuff you love there's more of it for you right the stuff you don't like there's more of it for you they just keep building and escalating and heightening on that stuff and i i I, i'm on board man yeah i mean it's really i was worried that it would go in a direction that i didn't care for but i think the opposite is true i think it's going in a direction that i actually really excited about and i am just pumped to get current yeah 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 well we should stop recording so i can go watch okay because i've been so stoked i've like took a nice little month-long break right and i'm gonna fucking dive into it year six so we'll, we'll have to do some uh Doug Space Nines in the meantime. Yeah. And man, we're going to have Picard to watch like real Oof, soon. Yeah. I mean, this is going to come out. This podcast will come out after Picard is already okay. started airing. So I hope everyone loves Picard. Yeah. I still haven't watched the last two short tracks. <gasps> oh. Yeah. We should do a we should do a bonus episode about that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Did we do one about the trouble with Edward? We did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's but it's going to it's gonna be on the, the bonus feed. Oh, okay. Okay. It's I'm the- putting together a new. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. We're in an episode of Mad Mercury <laughs> where we talk about Jesse's podcast Empire. Well, I'm putting together a new premium feed for the Space Nerds. Awesome. That'll be on a new Patreon. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think I actually got patreon.com slash space nerds. It's just slow going putting it all together. Sure. Um, well, everyone who's listening to this, go subscribe to Jesse's Patreon so you can go hear us talk about the trouble with Edward, <laughs> yeah. the greatest piece of Star Trek ever created. According to Doug. Uh, objectively speak <laughs> it's got h john freaking benjamin in it and it's about it tribbles it's really it's a thing it's got exists. a hilarious cartoon. it's got a commercial at the it's end that is amazing yeah, yeah the commercial is amazing it's amazing all right so are all we right. wrapping up let's wrap it up okay all right this was awesome thanks guys until next time keep it spacey nerdy that's it <laughs> Space Nerds is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash spacenerdspodcast. If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth-pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!